Hello, and welcome to episode 147 of Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me forever and always, the man, the myth, the deduction yeast, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. Henceforth, I wish to be referred to as Dr. Senator. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> on, on this week's episode, Liam won't stop, Bond will have to wait in the wings with the rest of the DCEU, and The Walking Dead returns. Sort of. All, uh, along with other news and nuggets, all before diving into our flick of the week, Enola Holmes. But first, Al, what are we drinking? Um, sorry, my computer is trying to, uh, it's trying to, re- <laughs> it's trying to revolt against me right now, and I'm fighting it. They um, will fight back. Yeah, my printer was trying to update, like the print ah. software show update. And I'm just Great timing, bro. Yeah, I'm not having it right now, and I was like trying to X out like the. the it says, hey, Ep- like Epson would like to run, the installer would like to run right now. Would you like to, to update your software? And I click no. Sorry. I, instead of clicking OK, I just click the X and it's like, sure. fuck you, we're doing it anyway. And I'm yeah. like, no, no. <laughs> you didn't say no. It's true. But they didn't give me it's a very problem. no means yes situation. <laughs> Don't like it. <laughs> well, it's more of a just no isn't an option situation. Mm-hmm. Little mm-hmm. Rapey. Little rapey. I would say that that update's relentless. Because it doesn't relent. <laughs> uh, we're drinking Breckenridge Brewery, which is a fun Colorado ale. Mm. Um, Mango Mosaic Pale Ale. It is crisp and aromat- aromatic. 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 <laughs> All right. Crisp and aromatic. Laszlo. <laughs> Stop monkeying around in my volumes. <laughs> it's crisp and aromatic with tropical mango nuance. <laughs> Really? You're not going to try to say that in a weird way, too? <laughs> it's crisp and aromatic with tropical mango nuance. <laughs> Welcome to Flixin' a Whiskey. <laughs> yeah, I usually, I usually only break out the terrible accent for Flixin' a Whiskey. All right, um, Mango Mosaic. Man- mango Mosaic. Bre- Breckenridge Brewery. Do you think uh, does Jenny, Jenny must, work for them? Jenny must have drank some Mango Mosaic. Jenny! Jenny! <laughs> We, we were so obnoxious, mostly Jay. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, anyway, mosaic hops naturally give off aromas, not aromas of. <laughs> That's right. Get it right. Would of, you? of guava and mango. Yo, God, here we go with the guava that, again. That fucking guava again. <laughs> <laughs> Lending a unique sweetness to the hop character of this pale ale. To build upon the tropical attribute, attributes, Jesus Christ. <laughs> This is fantastic. <laughs> build upon the tropical attributes of the hops. We've added a healthy amount of mango. Mango mosaic mm. is a well-balanced montage of fruit flavor, fresh aromas, and refreshingly crisp goodness. Um, I like drinking this at a night on a night out in Manhattan. Oh, <laughs> Manhattan. Manhattan. Eat mango. Sorry, drink. Sorry, part of this word is torn off of the box. And I don't know what word <laughs> this it is, is great. Should I'm we just to, start over? <laughs> I'm trying. No, no, I'll leave it in. It's gold, Jerry. <laughs> There's a word here that I can't see. Let's start this sentence off. Okay. Then it says mango mosaic with sweet and spicy Caribbean style dishes, blackened shrimp, and lightly seasoned fish. Caribbean queen. Uh, I'm reminded of Drunk Uncle <laughs> when he sings that on SNL. <laughs> Um, well, I know we always appreciate uh, getting into what sort of foods to enjoy with. Uh, mm-hmm. so those are Did you things. say Swedish fish? No. <laughs> I said 
sweet and spicy Caribbean style dishes, blackened shrimp, and lightly seasoned fish. I'm pretty sure you mash all that together, you get Swedish fish. <laughs> I don't all I did was cut words out. They're all there. Uh, what is this like? One of those serial killer things where you take the yeah, words right. from a newspaper that's, yeah. and cut them out? <laughs> Make a recipe. That's it. We should do that. We should do serial killer recipes as, as a website. <laughs> <laughs> and it would have things like Swedish fish in the recipe. <laughs> Psycho. Um, this is very, very mango smelling. Oh, I still haven't uh, sensed the aroma yet. Oh, it's, wow. It's that all is- mango. You know what? What did this say? Hang on a second. Tropical mango nuance? There is no nuance yeah. to this no, no. mango. This is pretty heavy-handed mango. Yeah, that's heavy. God. Why didn't it say that on the box? Heavy-handed right. mango. Uh, yeah. There's no mango nuance here. Yeah, no, nuance. not at all. Uh, uh, you said mention, you mentioned guava. Is that... So, and that's not... We've had that a lot recently, but they didn't say anything about, like, that fruit specifically. Is that the mosaic time, hops? Actually. What? <laughs> Just the one time, actually. <laughs> oh, I thought we had it. No, we had it at least two other times. Well, I mean, like in the history of the show, yes. Yeah. I'm still thinking of that one time where I the just it was weird. The, yeah, I yeah, called yeah. out the guava. You called me out for calling out the guava, and then you were right. I was 100 right. Um, <laughs> but what does that does that flavor come from? Mosaic hops. Yes, I believe it said that. It okay, okay, interesting. Full. So I guess it makes a lot more sense now. What did it say exactly here? That's, that, that's how I understood it when you read it. It says, if I can read it upside down, mosaic hops naturally give off aromas of guava. <laughs> so what's the word the that was is, ripped off the box? I have mosaic hops, I, the first thing I always think of is grapefruit. Hmm. Grapefruit is usually pretty intensely... Um, the, God, the, the way that you, the way that you started saying that sounded like you were going into an infomercial grapefruit. <laughs> <laughs> it's the hard sell. No, yeah. All right, let's give this uh, mango bath a taste. Cheers. See, I was right. It definitely was guava that time. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of mango. It even has the weird thing that my tongue does when I eat a mango, which I don't know. Maybe means I'm allergic to it. Not clear, but <laughs> it's definitely. Fizzy. Is it like, do you get like the Jar Jar Binks thing where your tongue mm. like ceases my to tongue, work? My tongue. Yeah. Is- <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, that's pretty good. It's got a, it's got a nice bitterness to it. Yeah. Uh, I notice sometimes with these where they are really like fruit forward on like the aroma or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and even on the palate, cause this has it in, it's not just the aroma. This has it in the taste as well. Yeah. That they don't, balance the bitterness well with it because it can just be like the juice bomb without the actual hopping of the mm-hmm. IPA. Well, I guess this isn't even an IPA technical. It's a pale ale, but still like but at the margins, they can almost be indecipherable the differences. So, right. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's as if they blended the mango into the beer pit and all <laughs> pit, pit and piff and pit and pits. Yep. Yeah. Um, Tasty though, tasty. I'm uh, I'm about it. I had a couple of other beers earlier today. One of them was very juicy and hazy from Magnify. Nice, uh, nice. called Ripe and something or other. Delicious. Um, and the other one was a a brewery that I cannot pronounce. Um, and it was a beer that I also don't remember how to pronounce that starts with a U. I mean, you're gonna get us there. It was a German. It was under the Oktoberfest stuff. Okay. And it was very smoky. 
Something with a U and maybe a Z in there. I'm oh. not certain. I'm not. I'm not certain. Can you but, spell uh, either the name of the brewery or the? No, name of the I can't because I don't. I didn't take a picture, nor do I remember it. Um, Sorry, the but, only thing I can think of right now with a U is like Pilsner or Cool. Um, it was like, it was like you know, you know, they sell liquid smoke. I, I am familiar with liquid the smoke. beer was liquid smoke. <laughs> okay, it, I, I mean, liked it. Kim did not care for it. I. See, my brother has gone through that whole thing where he was just only drinking German lagers for the longest time, and he bought a bunch of them that were super smoky, and I tried a couple of them, I was like, yeah, I like these better than the 1,500 Pilsners you gave me, mm-hmm. and we were just talking about the other day, vis-a-vis your... I, sorry, I know as soon as I said vis-a-vis, you were going straight to the league. Where yeah. are we vis-a-vis tacos? <laughs> uh, vis-a-vis our Oktoberfest, uh, which is, what, next Saturday? Uh, mm, yeah. And coming up quick, I didn't realize that he didn't actually like any of those smoky lagers. It was like, oh, of course, the the, the, the few things that you actually gave me that were good in that weird like six months of your life where that's all you drank. Um, those you don't like any of them. It's like I, I, that's I'm I'm here Fail. for it. Um, we're gonna see if we can rustle some of them up for the Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually hadn't planned to bring it up on this show, but now we're in it. It's already been mentioned, so. I have good news and bad news about Oktoberfest. Oh, no. You failed? They're inextricably linked. I did fail, unfortunately. The day, the only day I could go to buy the stuff, the shop was closed early for some reason. Mm. And rather than wait till the next weekend and bring you a rushed and incomplete product, I decided to bring no product at all. But for the good news, Mm -hmm. to my rescue came a first ever canning of Newberg Kolsch. Oh. He's a German beer. All right. And so I acquired a case of Newberg Kolsch, and me and Dominic will be supplementing it with other German beers. That sounds fun. Cool. Shit, here's the question. Do we break into the Jack's Abbeys that have been sitting around, or are we going to stick with strictly German beers? Well, second to that is uh, I also bought a handful of beers, both from Newberg and other sources, New show beers, new reinforcements have arrived, and at least one of them is a Jack's Abbey. So, oh, very nice, very nice. I think against all odds, I found the beer <laughs> that I was talking about. It's from A E C H T A E C H T. Eight ached. Right, that's the first word of the brewery. Okay. S C H L E N K E R L A. Sorry, this again, but slower. and that's the alphabet. <laughs> All right, again, but slower. S C H L E N K E R L A. Schlenkerla. 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 Yeah. Good luck. That sounds like that Family Guy where they. They have the Jeopardy, and and uh, Adam West puts on his final Jeopardy, <laughs> Kebert Zella, and <laughs> Trebek reads it out loud, and it's his name backwards. That was the only way to banish him back to the dimension he came from. <laughs> Amazing. The uh, It's an Urbach. Oh. So it's some sort of Bach? It's- the thing is, they throw a lot of terms around with Bachs that are kind of superfluous. Like, there's my Bach... There's yeah, Urbach, it says the Urbach, which is just a double block, but whatever. 
From from Untapped, it says the H. Lenkerla Urbach is the complex sibling of the classic Marzen smoke beer. Ah, yes, the classic Marzen. <laughs> exactly well, like the classic, all its barley malts are smoked over beechwood logs. Its higher smoke malt concentration and longer maturation in the 700-year-old cellars underneath Bramberg create a taste profile of most intense smokiness, beautifully balanced with deep malt sweetness. But you get mad at me for bringing old beer to the show and you're drinking 700-year-old <laughs> beer. beer. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a uh, it 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 tasted like a house on fire. It was I liked it. <laughs> it's <laughs> but, like if you've ever had like Lafroy quarter cask or mm, mm. The Balvany Triple Wood, where it tastes yes, like you're inhaling cigar at the same time as yep. taking the shot. It's delightful. It really is. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was very smooth for such a smoky jam. But back to the mango mosaic and its guava notes. Right. Um. Oh. oh. And it's and it's mango under nuance. It's well, yeah, yeah. It's mango nuance. <laughs> uh, it was <laughs> it's what what are we giving a thuckle wise? Uh, it's probably two thuckles. Two thuckles? I think I'm going to go a thuckle. Okay. I, I mean, uh, it's a beer. It's, it's, it's fine. a beer so nice, I'm going to drink it twice tonight because I had mm. a couple of them left over still, but I just figured I might as well stick with the same palette in that one. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, it, final closing note on Oktoberfest and German beers. Um, sure. I did happen to see while I was at Beer World the other day a... That sounds like a fake place at a cartoon. <laughs> sure does. Yeah, it's a chain of stores. There's like five or six of them in Orange and Ulster County. Um, it there. I saw the Rothhaus Tenens Opfel. You remember that? You remember that bad boy? Yeah, that sounds familiar. We did that on the show. Yeah, we tweeted about it. The German brewery. That's in right, Bavaria. That's tweeted right. At us to tell us that we got the. I don't know if it was the pronunciation or the or the uh, the translation oh. of something wrong. So he actually listened to the episode because it wasn't in the show that's right. or anything. They actually listened to at least the first ten minutes of the Oh, that's great. Tweet us and tell we, us we were wrong. <laughs> that's awesome. Let's do another one of theirs and see if we can get them. And then and then maybe let's mention this other beer to them and see if they know how to pronounce that one too. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was a pronunciation. I don't remember. I, I forget what it was that they they corrected us on yeah. very kindly. Like they weren't mean. Like yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was really nice. It was a cool interaction. That, yeah, that's that. That was cool. That, what, do you remember what movie we did with that? That they were, we didn't even tag them because I couldn't find their handle. That's anywhere. right. Oh yeah, and interesting. They searched it and found us. Listened to yeah. at least, like I said, the first ten minutes of that episode. Tweeted us to correct us. It was it was tremendous. Fantastic. What what movie did we do with that? Do you remember? Oh no, I don't remember. It was sometime <laughs> last year. It was at least a year ago. <laughs> well, should we get some news and nuggets? Yeah, why not? <laughs> well, why, why not? Uh, you want to kick things off? Sure. Okay. Do you want a new or a nugget? I will take a, a one nugget, please. One nugget? Okay. Let's talk about first impressions of Star Wars Squadrons, which Anthony Ooh, okay. has betrayed okay. me over. I did not betray you. <laughs> I just haven't played it yet. Just taste of betrayal. <laughs> you fucking, fucking whore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Okay. Is it good? <laughs> that, that that would be a great segment. Is it good? It's all right. And then we just move on. <laughs> okay, great. Next, moving on. <laughs> uh, yes, it is very good. Um, it is so hard. Mm. It is incredibly difficult um, because they truly are giving you full control of these ships. 
That's kind of cool. Yeah, right. it's, it's really, really, really difficult in a good way. Like, it's not frustrating because, like, the control the controls are not, like, understandable or because mm-hmm. they don't do just a lot. what you think they're going to do. It's just sensory overload. I have never flown an airplane before, uh, sure. so I am not prepared to fly this this space airplane sure. now. Um, with God, guns. I wish that's what we called them. What's that? Space airplanes with guns. Yes, space Star airplanes Wars. with guns. Uh, the <laughs> spacecraft. I am not prepared. Um, it is a lot of fun. It is so hard. Because oh man, that makes me really excited to play it. Th- so, like, consider like let's go with like Star Wars Battlefront Two, right? Like, mm-hmm. you have forward, back, whatever, like left, right. You have a gun. You have a missile. You have like a dodge button, right? Mm-hmm. And like that's pretty much it. So the controls of this are incredibly complex. You have on the left stick, we're going to go Xbox controls, so that's what I'm playing it on. Left stick, forward and back, adjusts throttle. It's more throttle or less throttle. Okay. You will always be traveling in the direction of the reticle, though you can come by pulling all the way down on the stick, can bring yourself to a full stop in space. Oh, cool. If you press all the way forward, it will go at full speed, but like it's that you don't have to hold on to the stick. Whatever you set it to is the speed you'll travel at. Okay. Left and right on the stick though, does not steer you left and right. It does a barrel roll right or left. Like, sure. Not an actual barrel roll. It just rotates the ship. Yep. Um, the right stick left and right adjusts the radical left or right, which changes the path in which you're going to fly and up mm-hmm. and down. Same thing. Okay. Then you have your main lasers the right trigger left trigger is to target something. And then from the targeting suite gives you so many options. (laughs) You can hit a button to have someone on your team attack it. You can cycle through other targets. You can mark them for other things. Um, You can, there's countermeasures to deploy against missiles. There's your own missiles or debuffs or, healing or whatever like the right bumper and left bumper are your special like things and they can either be offensive or defensive mm-hmm. um the x button allows you to if you have a ship that has shields adjust whether those shields are balanced deflecting in the front or deflecting in the back whoa yes you can set the level Damn. and orientation of your deflector shields you know and they say you know you know, like Hans yelling, you know, Chewie, set those rear, the deflector shields to like full rear or whatever. Like, you can do that. If you're flying an X-Wing, you can say, huh, I'm getting shot in the ass a lot. Let me put my shields in the back. Right. There's, I feel like the only thing that could make that better is if they introduced voice commands so that you could tell your droids to do it. I mean, you probably can with the VR. I don't know. Mm. Um, because you can play this in full VR, which I've heard is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm terrified oh, of it. Because I bet. As we were talking about with Brian earlier today, Brian is getting super um, like motion sick, sick from this. Mm-hmm. I have felt a couple of twinges of it, but it's never to the point where I've had to stop playing it because like, gotcha. I had to stop. I never got past the prologue of what the fuck was that game? Oh God. Um, the one with Aiden Gillen, Littlefinger from uh, Game of Thrones and, and Sean Ashmore, the guy from the X-Men movies. Yeah, uh, Quantum Break. Quantum Break. I never got past the program of that because not, not even playing the game, walking around made me so yeah. violently ill. Mm-hmm. And so th- it's funny that you say that 
That game, I'm pretty sure, was a very high-performing game. I think it was like a really like it was like a 60 frames, like very smooth on a console, like from what I remember, or something something along those lines. And I found that I'm actually now. Uh, it's funny that you say that because I was just playing uh, Mario 64, the like re-release hmm. of it, and I played it for an hour, and I got like very nauseous, and I was like, "What is happening?" And I looked into it, and people were talking about how. Um, we've adjusted so much into like the higher frame rate, that the, the lower one it was causing my nausea. And oh, really? it's, yeah, it's, it's very, it's interesting. It's very weird what happens inside of your brain when the screen is doing something like that. For me uh, with quantum break, cause like that, that game came out like five years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what happened to me was there was so much input lag walking around. Oh, then maybe it was a, maybe it was a jittery frame rate or something. I'm not sure because, like, I never noticed any like, like, like scratching or breaking of like the picture or anything like that. I just noticed that like I would press right, and then he would go right. Mm-hmm. I would press left. I would press forward. There was so much latency in, and I, you know, it was just a local game. Like, it was like mm-hmm. I had it. Like, it wasn't like I wasn't like playing it off the cloud. I wasn't streaming the game. Like, it was. I had it local, so I don't know why that should have ever been the case. Sure. I just know that it, it fucked with my head so badly. I had to stop playing the game. I was like, oh, like I'll come back to it another time. I'll, I'll just play for half an hour, hour at a time. I never mm. picked it up again. I was, I just, mm. I was so intimidated by it because it made me so ill. Yeah, I haven't sucks. gotten that at all with this. And actually, after the first like two sessions I played this game on, I haven't even noticed it as much. So, mm. uh, I think all right, that's you're probably just getting used to it. Yeah, that's good. But yeah, yeah, so anyway, you can adjust. Like I said, going back, you can adjust the deflectors into which direction. You on the D pad, you have so all alliance ships have shields. Only the support ship for the Tie fight for the Imperial have shields. There, it's just have, they have buffed up hulls. Um, so with the ones with like the Rebel ships on the D pad, there are four possible controls. You can dump the majority of your power to your shields. You can dump the majority of your power to the engines, or you can dump the majority of your power to the lasers, or you can have all three of them balanced. Okay. Um, which is pretty cool because in the middle of the fight, you can be like, hey, I'm doing an attack run on a Star Destroyer and it, there's a big open space. It can see me coming. Dump it. Shields up. And then when you get there, dump it shield. full shields. Yeah. And then last That's second. That's pretty cool, man. That's it, awesome. <laughs> you can go dump it full shields, attune them to the front, to take <sighs> on the, the brunt of the onslaught. And then you can go full lasers strafe it, then dump it to engines, boost out, and then drift, which you can actually cut power on a full-on sprint and flip your ship 180 and then jet back the other way. That's there, awesome. It's so much. It's so that. much. There's, <laughs> there's going to be so much repetition in this game to actually get good at to it. To, like, nail those controls. Yeah, because and the like, drifting yeah. is so badass, and I've only pulled it off, like, in use like twice because mm-hmm. it's so complicated because like you have to dump your sh- like power to engines you have to boost and then you have to cut boost while turning and hold the turn to the full 180 and then cut the boost back again it's so Ooh, much i don't know if i want to wait maybe i'll end up buying this game tonight <laughs> I, I know you, I, this is why like, i didn't understand why you resisted it because like you're like me and brian are talk about it and you're like this is ridiculous i have to try this it's only 40 bucks no i know um, I have to imagine 
that they'll let you upgrade when it comes to next gen? Sure. I mean, but I think I think the Xbox version. Either way, you could play the old version, so it's not like that's that big a video. Yeah. Um, so I would. Just, I don't even know. It might not even. I actually, if I'm, if I remember correctly, and eventually we'll do a Game Bytes episode on this. I don't even know if there is going to be a next gen specific version. I was just saying specifically that when I get a Series X, I was thinking because day and date EA access will be part of that, and I assume that you'll get like however many hours to play the game, just in case people have drifted off and aren't playing it anymore. Because like I know like. I don't know if you if you fell out of it, then I don't know who else I would play with. <laughs> why, which is why I don't know why you don't just get it so you and me can play it right now. Okay, all right. Um, because we haven't actually got to play a game outside of like one match of fucking Warzone. Oh, and it was glorious. It was it was hilarious. It was so um, much fun. It was so bad. Uh, <laughs> I haven't even tried multiplayer yet, and that gets into something that I will get into much more game bites with you and Brian when we do. Mm. Which I have to imagine we'll probably do that next week or whatever like i feel like we're gonna want to do it pretty fresh which means you should definitely buy it tonight and we'll play it tomorrow mm-hmm, or, uh... mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um but anyway there is one thing i want to touch on which i find be hilarious i've been curious about this whole thing with the campaign they've been playing it up it's interesting there's a weird dynamic in which when you're outside of the cockpit it's first part well i guess technically it's first person 100 percent of the time um you don't actually control your character. You are fixed to a point at all times and you can look around the room and select things. And then like, you'll open a door and you'll go through the door. And, okay. Or like a point and click adventure type. Yes. That's exactly what it is. Technically mm-hmm. it's a voiceless protagonist. Uh, well, two of them, you play as a pilot in, um, in both armies, right? Yeah. It was a Vanguard squadron in, the rebel Alliance and you play in Titan squadron on the Imperial side. And you're very deeply tied to the actual storyline. Your character only ever speaks in the cockpit when you're playing. And even then it's predominantly just reacting to stimulus. It's not even really like story stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So everyone just talks at you. And some of that is cool. Some of it's interesting. Some of the characters are interesting. Some of the storyline is interesting. A lot of it is kind of heavy handed. and it took me until I played through the sixth mission, which I was playing right before we got started, um, to realize that the entire campaign, with all its bells and whistles, to keep you kind of interested, and and it is interesting, but it's not it's not world breaking stuff here. Um, yeah. The whole campaign is a tutorial <laughs> because the game is so fucking hard. That's because kind of funny. They are basically telling you it all turn like you cannot play multiplayer until you play. The actual prologue mission, which you get one mission on the the alliance on either side, yeah. The the imperial. Oh, technically, you start on the imperial, and then you go over to the republic side or the rebel side. When you finish the prologue missions, because two of them, right? It says, "Would you like to join multiplayer?" We strongly suggest you stay in the campaign, (laughs) and it's because. You play in a TIE fighter. You You'll learn a lot, a lot of more stuff. They give you play you, all the other ships. Yeah, they give you the most basic loadout. They don't let you change it in any way, shape, or form. And then the next several missions, so you start in a TIE fighter, you jump over to the Rebels, you play in an X-Wing. Then you play another mission in an X-Wing. Then you get a mission in an A-Wing. And you learn how to play as an Interceptor. And they live, give you very limited options to swap out some of your components in that. And then after that mission, you jump over the Imperials, you're back in a TIE Fighter, then you get to play in a TIE Reaper, which is the support class for the Imperials. Okay. Which is a wildly different experience than playing in an Interceptor or 
like base model because technically I couldn't even kill anyone with my ship. Uh, they gave me an ion cannon and said, go have fun. And so I just kept shooting X-Wings over and over again. And then you <laughs> mark them and your teammates go kill them for you. <laughs> and then you like boost them with shields and stuff like such sure. and so on. Um, and then you jump back over to the Alliance side and they gave me a Y-Wing and let me go on a bombing run over and over and over again in that mission, which was actually really cool. Um, and I've been looking forward to using the bomber and it was really badass. And there's a moment in it where you're attacking this huge like listening post and it has like a trench around the outside and at a certain, so you just like, Hey, bomb these like shield things and the satellite dishes and this, like the, the main things is like, okay, now you have to go on a trench run. I see the trench open. I like, Oh, okay. But the thing you have to bomb is perpendicular to you on the side. And they're like, remember bombs only travel downwards, which we've been doing is we've been straightening mm-hmm. over things. I was like, Oh, I know what to do. And I turn 90 degrees and I'm flying around this disc, (laughs) dropping bombs on this thing while TIE fighters are coming in and out and I'm getting shot by turrets and I'm like spinning and also traveling (sighs) around the arc and dropping bombs and I'm like, I should be so nauseous right now and somehow I'm not. That sounds like so much fun. The adrenaline and fun (laughs) back the nausea. Because right. that was so ridiculously, stupidly badass. Like, it's so dumb and so fun. That's awesome. And then you All get right. to do a mini, like, you get to do a mini um, Death Star 2 run where the vents open and you have to travel inside of the thing, blow something up, and then escape before the whole thing blows up. Sounds sounds like the Skyhook. Yeah, similar. similar. <laughs> I, uh... Um, okay, that sounds that sounds like a lot of fun. All I'm reminded of right now, though, is I I used to play. I think you you knew about this. But I was playing that like that tabletop game, that X Wing miniature game for a while. Yeah, yeah. And like that that all I want to do now is like I, I, it was so much fun to like build up like the ships that you were going to use for your game, and then like figure out like who's going to pilot it and what your crew's going to look like. It was so much fun. But uh, this sounds like a blast. They they do some pretty good music on this too, but I so badly want to just have the option to flip on anytime I get into a serious dogfight or bombing run. That's awesome. Sweet. All right. Well, that makes me excited to pick it up. So I'll probably end up getting that sooner rather than later. Uh, let's talk about delays. You had a, uh, you got, I know you have some DC ones and that, that list popped up recently for me as well. Uh, I will say that at this point, so I went to see Tenet, um, as you know, a few weeks ago. And at this point, I'm pretty sure every single movie that had a trailer and a release date has now been pushed. Yeah. Which is really confusing because like we just got, and I admittedly, my weeks have been going very quickly for the last six months, but like, I feel like we just got the Batman trailer and now it's mm-hmm. Yeah, Batman's delayed. We got Bond got delayed till April. Um and now all the it sounds like all the DC slate except for Wonder Woman. Uh I think even Wonder Woman. Uh, oh, even Wonder Woman. I, I I'm not 100% sure. Let me take a look here. Um so let's go for the story. This is on Polygon and it was picked up by basically everyone yesterday. Yeah. Um the Batman will now premiere in 2022. Warner Brothers confirmed on Tuesday. The delay is one of several for WB sci-fi and DCU temples as the studio waits out production delays and theater reopenings prolonged by the COVID-19 pandemic. The Batman is now slated for March 4th, 2022. It had been scheduled for October 1st, 2021. 
the announcement follows Monday's news that Warner Brothers Dune was moved to the Batman's October 1st, 2021 intended release date from mm. its original December 18th, 2020. They aren't the only ones with adjusted calendars. Uh, sorry, with adjusted dates. Here's the updated rundown of Warner Brothers release calendar. Wonder Woman premieres on Christmas Day of 2020 after two COVID-related delays. The next Matrix film is scheduled for December 22nd of 2021. Uh, I'm not going to read all the previouslys on this because this is insane. Yeah. Dune, Dune launches October 1st, 2021. The Batman, March 4th, 2022. The Flash, November 4th, 2022. Two Jeez. untitled, unannounced, quote, event films premiere June <laughs> Here we 3rd. go with the event films. I know, right? June 3rd and August 5th of 2022. Shazam 2 is moved to June 2nd, 2023. Black Adam doesn't have a launch date. The I wonder if I wonder if event is like a crossover thing, like an Avengers movie or like a Justice. It could League. be, or it's about like climbing Mount Everest or something like that. Sure, sure. The Minecraft adaptation is likewise postponed indefinitely. Can we just cancel that one? Because why? Minecraft adaptation. <laughs> Get out of here. I don't know. Uh, we made a movie about that. So here's here's a question then. So like it, with all these delays, well, it's on, almost hang on, hang on. Yeah, I have, yeah, I have an answer for you here. The as for the quote event films. Those could be any mm. of the undated DC Universe movies from WB's long-term roadmap or something else altogether. Oh, so no information is what Correct. you're telling me. I got it. Thanks for that clarification. <laughs> well, I didn't read uh, the sentence. I just knew that it was going to be giving us an answer, so I figured I'd go with it. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, like, I don't know. You, you move. All right. So, Dune was supposed to be October this year. It's going to be October next year. It was supposed what is, to be July or June, and then it was supposed to be October, and now it's next year. So why? So like the the thing that I find interesting is like it it gets delayed an entire year. Like I don't really understand that concept. Is it because yeah, I would think they would have put it? I would have thought they'd put it on the slate for the the summer of next year. Right, unless maybe it has something to do with like moving all of the chess pieces is a lot more complicated. Probably, but none of these were dated for the summer. All like the earliest that's the earliest one on this slate october mm. 1st of next year right but unless, maybe the movies unless, that they I, I planned just, i assume that at this point they're just pushing it like they're basically just making a bet that okay one year from today everything's got to be fine right it should be safe <laughs> like let it's we've already pushed it twice right so why bother pushing it again third time the charm yeah no let's just fucking get out ahead of it and we'll, like we've already eaten it this long Let's just make sure it's actually going to come out the day we can build up our marketing for that time. That's yeah. that makes sense. It's so funny. So it seems that, I mean, a lot of this is in response to the, the we, we started opening theaters, we started putting movies out and seeing how they perform and then deciding that it's probably not worth it right now yeah. is what it seems like. Um, I came across this article that it just, it, it really rubbed me the wrong way. And it's more so the titling of the article and what you're Did trying to do. Did it grind your gears? It, it, it absolutely did. So this is from Guy Lodge on The Guardian. And it's the title The, the title of the article was Tenant Didn't Just Fail to Save Cinema. It May Have Killed It for Good. What? First off, shut up. <laughs> and, like, and that's it, not just me being like, I, I am a Christopher Nolan fan. I understand that no, regardless, you're probably going to look at me as having a bias. But it's not even that. It's this headline is complete trash. Well, forget about a, just a flat-out, like, spurious argument or a straw man here. Like, this is just flat-out, like, 
insanity. It's just it's it's, it's just it's completely false. It's logically and, incoherent. And the way that the rest of the article played out, it was more of like it was it was almost like a forced thesis of this uncovering that he found. It's and like it's like an indirect no, proof where they're trying to prove the thing that can't be proven. Uh, right. Right. And it's just it, it, it just really it was just really right. stupid and it it bothered me cuz like it's just not even it's just trash. There's so much trash, and this really bothered me. I don't know why. Like, I'm I'm unnecessarily angry at this for it's sure. Not, it, it's actually transcended clickbait at this. point. Yeah, yeah. This we, is and, and which is fair because I ended up reading it right. Like, I did click it, but like and this I, is beyond I clicked it angrily because like it's not even like wow. Like, you'll never believe like how bad Tenet did for for movie theaters or something like that. It's like it's just total. Asinine. Yeah, Tenant killed the movie industry. <laughs> That's, it's basically is the summary of your of your garbage headline. And like you get like a picture of like the box art. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, have you seen that meme of the? I don't even know what it's from. I probably should know. You ever see that meme of the two astronauts and they're standing on like the moon, and the one of them is staring off in the distance at something, and the other one's standing behind them with the with the gun, and they're like the first one's like. You know, oh, uh, wait, so you're saying that blank is real or whatever? And the guy with the gun goes, it always was. This is about to shoot. <laughs> and I'm just picturing that being on the headline of this stupid fucking article. Garbage. Like the box art for fucking, or like the poster or whatever, for Tenet being on the guy behind him with the gun. <laughs> so like, is. Like, like a logo for like AMC on the first one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? You, you, you set him up, I'll knock him down. Speaking of AMC... <laughs> The Walking Dead had its. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but The Walking Dead came back for its episode. I love how we're not going to finish the thought on the. (laughs) Oh, on on the garbage headline? No, we're not going to give that any more attention, guys. What is that? No, no, let's give let's give us one more. Okay. What does that mean? This movie killed the box office. It's a pandemic. Right. Pandemic killed it. Yeah, and then he goes into this thing of like of like. I mean, based on X, Y, and Z, it's possible that it would have been as bad anyway. And it's like, no, 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 just no. <laughs> Honestly, the fact that it made as much as it did in itself is actually pretty impressive. Pick out your top ten favorite movies of all time, the best movies, the the objectively best movies, like yeah, a love child of like whatever Hitchcock movie, whatever. Like Godfather, original Star Wars, fucking Shawshank Redemption. Pick all your all the best movies ever. Mm-hmm. Combine and distill down all of the best qualities of it, and make an eleven out of ten movie. It still isn't gonna fucking save the box office, you jackass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> jackass. Oh I'm man, done. I'm done. We're done. I'm sorry. We'll recover. Um, hopefully, his career will not. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Well, to. To AMC, television's AMC, uh, and another and a love hate relationship. Uh, so The Walking Dead, I, I, <laughs> I see walking new episode of The Walking Dead, and I was like, huh, interesting. I uh, didn't realize that was coming back. Cool. Well, considering they technically never finished the last season. Okay, so here's the thing. Is this finally the finale? It's it's the finale. That's all it is, and it's over. That's- <laughs> It was the it was the finale of of the tenth season. It came back just for that, and it was to lead in um, the next spinoff series. Yeah, the world beyond or whatever. Right, which means that this thing has been like the only reason they delayed it was so that they could have people in front of the television now to watch 
that show. Well, it makes sense because I think the delay in production, so they lied to us. So the delay in production actually had to do with finishing the world beyond. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. They lied to us and told us the finale was not done. Absolutely. Absolutely. uh, That is 100% what happened. Uh, And AMC lied to us? Yeah, yeah. A Walking Dead property? So I I was looking into it because I was like, when I watched it, I was like, huh, that felt like a season finale, not a season premiere. And then I, because <laughs> I, I was kind of out of tune, right? And then I went and I read it, read up on it, and I saw this, and I was like, ah, amazing. And then it was like, AM, uh, The Walking Dead will return for its 11th and final season. I was like, oh, okay, so they're going to do one more. And it's like, it spans two years and it's 24 episodes. That's two seasons, guys. That's <laughs> By my math, that seems to be two seasons. What are you doing? And then it's like Daryl and Carol are going to get a spinoff series. I was like, okay, so I guess they're fine. <laughs> Thanks for the heads up. <laughs> I just, it's funny. Now this actually, this makes more sense to me because I haven't watched now. I don't even know if I watch any of the last season. Mm. Um, I think my parents are still up on it. I don't think my brother is even watching anymore. I think he's just reading the synopsis every week. Okay. Um, my sister hasn't watched for a few years. Um, this makes sense because the other, on, on Sunday, I, when I turned on the TV, it was, I was watching the, sorry, I was watching the Sunday night football game and we had like the stuff recording and I saw on the guide on AMC, like, oh, Walking Dead. I was like, oh, wow, that's back. Okay. Cause I'd seen the ads, they were promoting the crap out of the world beyond starting up this weekend. Mm-hmm. And I clicked on like the guide and like looked at the episode. It was like, Beta launches like the final war between the like, like whatever, or the final battle in the war between like the whisperers and yeah. like, everyone else. And I'm like, that's a weird way to start a season. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Like, uh, I, 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 that was all I thought about. It. And now you're saying it's like, oh, duh, they were already like in, fully in the heat of the war during the end of the last season. 100%. Duh, that's the fucking season finale. Yeah, just the and like in hindsight, like we're so stupid. Just the idea. That they shot and finished everything but the last episode of a season is asinine. <laughs> well, what's it called actually did get cut off. I don't think it was dead in the middle or dead with one episode left, but there was a couple of episodes left. Um, oh, speaking of, I think The Walking Dead is a, on a commercial right now in front of me. Nice. Uh, sorry, I'm watching the Yankee playoff game. So, uh, <laughs> Billions never finished its last season that was running. So. I don't even know when they're doing that. I just saw something, a new, like a note on the, the internet the other day saying something about season six of billions. I was like, first of all, I, I would love to know about season six of billions, but can we finish the fifth one first? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. we didn't. Because <laughs> <laughs> we didn't. Oh my God. Anyway, that, that really, I just found that hysterical. Oh, by the um, way, what was just ridiculous to me here is, so technically the was a start of a season of The Walking Dead, which was actually the finishing of the season before and we will not be continuing that until they get around to whenever that's coming out, right? right. They typically used to start them in October. They started this, The World Beyond, right? I just saw a commercial that said, next week, Fear the Walking Dead returns. How the fuck? Well, that's weird. Well, I guess they're not confident in <laughs> the traction, so they put it on right after the other one, right? Is that how they're going to do this? I, I don't it's know. Just, they're, so, they're so funny. Well, the thing is, I can actually understand if the idea was we're going to flood the market with Walking Dead, we're going to create this connected universe thing. Okay, I don't buy it because the writing has been so goddamn terrible for forever, but like, let's just observe like the principle and see whether it could work. I don't want 
I'm just going to assume there's a world in which all three of those shows are good, right? We're going to mm-hmm. presuppose that they're all good and that I enjoy them all. I don't want those three separate storylines going on at the same, like on the same night. Like it's not a soap opera. I don't yeah. want all of them going on at the same time. Give me from like September to November, Walking Dead. Take off December, let's say. Go January to March, Fear the Walking Dead, and then give me like the world beyond from May to August or whatever. Yeah, or May to July. Like you'll get yeah. one month, and then, off you, and then you have what you have one year of walk, like a full year of walking. Yeah, back, and like you'll, you'll yeah. just keep cycling. Like, like that, yeah, that, that makes, makes sense. sense to me. You know, mm-hmm. I will say like I, I the idea, the concept of the Fear the Walking Dead makes sense, and I feel like it could have been good. It just didn't land for me. Like I didn't, I I never got into it. We watched like a season or a season and a half, and I just I never found the characters good enough in it my opinion. It didn't get good until halfway through the second season which is uh, honestly which is it's not really fair to expect me to stay on board no I, and i'm right? not saying it is oh no, no. I, but what I, my point is though like i'm actually curious like i kind of want to give this other one i'm going to give this other one a watch just to see what's up but well i uh, haven't watched fear the walking dead since the, the end of season three the the biggest a shame because like season three was actually legitimately quite good and it was a long gap, I think, till season four, and I just didn't pick it up. Like I had the DVR the episode, just never picked it up. Yeah, I, I will say that they have a better chance of of those being good shows because I think the best thing about The Walking Dead, the original, like the original series, was when it wasn't trying to be the comic, and like now they've gotten so much like where they they intertwine it because they were like afraid to leave certain things out. But they've already changed it so much that it's never going to be quite the same. Whereas I feel like they'd have a better opportunity, they'd have a better chance of telling a compelling story if they just wrote the whole story. They'd have a better chance of telling a compelling story if they just wrote. Yeah, nice. Well, I was talking about with my parents the other day because like they still watch it. Like at this point, you might as well just watch the final season if you're them, right? Like I, I I do understand. Mm -hmm. Like I finally ripped the bandaid off just long enough ago where it's like, I don't feel a need to come back to it for the final. Like, yeah. I'll just, when it's all said and done, I'll just read about the end of it, like, mm-hmm. just to see what all happened because I don't like even the characters that I became attached to, I don't care anymore because the show isn't good. It's not good. Yeah. And like, Oh God, it parallels my frustration with like the jets right now. And I don't, I know you're not a football fan, but like the two of them are going through the exact same thing right now. They're both bad. Mm. And what's worse is that, like, the people who want them to be good, like, the people who used to like them, who don't right now, are giving them the answers and they're not doing it. All we have been screaming for, for years now on The Walking Dead, is please just write better. (laughs) Just write better. Because the writing on the show was very strong for the first two or three seasons. It was when Frank Darabont was there. Surprise, surprise. Since he has left, the writing has slowly and now quickly deteriorated to a point where it's unwatchable. Same thing with the the Jets. Not exactly the same. It's not the writing, but there are (laughs) like schematic issues. Like the team isn't very good. There aren't an abundance of good players, but there's enough players where they could be a competitive team. They are the worst team in football. There's no reason to be. Mm. Everyone who knows a thing about football is giving the head coach the answers as to what they need to do to be competitive. And he's actively not doing those things. And it's now going on a year and a half. Like you get a couple (laughs) of weeks where you're allowed to do that. Right. But now 
you're just being a stubborn fucking asshole. And it's the right. same thing with that show. Hey, we're going to make the biggest like Walker battle in the world. Okay, cool. Great. We're going to give you an even bigger one. Okay, but like between those two bigger battles, like those three episodes really sucked. Could you try taking like let's say one million dollars from that battle? Mm-hmm. Could you just write better? You know what's funny? Yeah, no, we're going to give you another bigger battle, and this you're, time factions. You're one hundred percent right. And what's funny is the what what kept me around was the community aspect of it when I liked Talking Dead. And now that now that that's off the table for me, yes. Uh, I'm the only reason why I'm watching it is it is watch it is like watching a train wreck. Yeah, but that only satisfied me for so long. I got bored of that too. Oh, sure, but I'm also not watching it with commercials, and I'm watching it. The, I, you know what? I can fast forward over dinner and like stuff like that. But. I can fast forward those, and I, I just don't care. Mm-hmm. Like I like it's it is so bad that I I have better background things to watch. Sure. Like sure. there's yeah, things you're I, not wrong. I watch in the background, so it's just so poorly written it's infuriating to me yeah i I went through the same thing that i've gone through with the jets with that show it i was i was irritated i was really annoyed i got like screaming mad for a while and then i stopped caring Mm -hmm. and that's the that's the only sin that anyone who's in entertainment can do people love you people hate you the one thing you can't afford from your audience is apathy Hmm. And that's what I reached with Walking Dead, which is why I stopped watching it. It's what I've reached with the Jets. It's why I bought NFL Sunday Ticket, because I'm going to stop watching the Jets this season. I won't watch another game until they fire their head coach, because it literally cannot get better as long as he is employed. It Hmm. can't. There is not even 1% of hope that it can be better until it is someone else making the decision. (laughs) And it's the same thing with The Walking Dead. They have tried changing. They've changed showrunners eight times, right? It doesn't matter. Get Kimball out of there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I guess he's been around or whatever, but like it's so the show is so bad now. Yeah, and all we've asked for is give us compelling characters, give us compelling storylines, and they they refuse to. They took the good characters and they're not even interesting anymore. I don't yeah. give a shit about Daryl anymore. Yep, I don't give a yeah, shit about Daryl. It's become re- it's become redundant. Oh my god, yeah, I'm uh, that it's tough. And now and now you're telling me you're making a spinoff. And they're gonna make a spinoff. You know what? Woo! The actors are great. We don't care. We don't care about the characters anymore. They're not interesting anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know what's funny with Carol is when she became, like, the badass and she was, she, like, no longer had any fucks to give, it was awesome. Yes. And then they held on to it a little too long. And then they went into a route of her being, like, broken. But they didn't really transition that well. And well, no, the, the, pro- the problem was they went into her being broken, which I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense to me. But, like, they didn't sell me on her being broken. It's just, she's broken now. She's broken now, yeah. And that was, like, like, th- like three seasons ago. Yeah. <laughs> and she's still there. <laughs> like, uh, like, if, you know, and, like, if she's an able enough performer to sell broken. Right. If you gave her some material. Well, yeah, that's that's the other thing. There's, there's actually there is a lot of talent on the show, so it is it is so clearly the writing. Yeah, like yeah, there's a lot of talent because in some of the cases we've seen it seasons ago, right? In some yeah. of them, it's like oh, like that's an actor or actress who's been in other things. I know they're an able enough performer, right? And what? <laughs> like they seem bored on screen, so yeah. why I'm not going to be bored sitting on my couch? 
That's right. That's right. Oh, man. What like, a disaster. Is, like, it's funny because you can look back at some of these people who are leaving the show and it's like, oh, wow. Like, why are they leaving the gravy train? Or why don't they want to be involved with this? They're bored, too. They're bored. Yeah. Like, they're, 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 they are rats fleeing a sinking ship. Yeah. Yeah. Which isn't to call those people rats, just like to use the metaphor. Like, oh, God, this is bad now. Yeah. Even we can't exist here anymore. <laughs> Time to find the next thing. Like, what's her name? Like, Lauren Cohen totally understood why she jumped ship. I don't know why you pick a fucking ABC sitcom drama. Oh, but I was blown away. So she returns. Yeah, I, well, I heard she was going to. I didn't know if she actually made it on screen. Yeah, before. she came back in the final episode. And I was like, oh, I thought there was something more to you leaving, though. <laughs> the final episode that was just aired this Sunday. That's right. Was the start of the, the final movie. premiere. It wasn't the start, but the end of the last thing. It is not actually the start. Lord of the Rings season. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is Lord of the Rings ending. If you put it down between them leaving Minas Tirith and returning to the Shire and didn't come back to it for six months. And then That's right. Started reading That's right. <laughs> Amazing. Let's let's move let's move on to something a, a little bit more lighthearted. Um, this this came from Screen Rant, and it's a report on a an, uh, a quote from Ryan Reynolds that he jokes that Taika Waititi's performance as the villain in Free Guy is so funny that his outtakes could be released as their own movie. And I don't even know. I didn't even re- remember that he's going to be the villain in this movie. Hey, hang on, hang on. Didn't remember. This is the first I'm hearing of it. Oh really? Okay, I feel like I have heard about He's it in the, the past. Trailer. No, or there's a new trailer out though. I didn't see it. I saw that there was a new trailer, which was what reminded me that that was a movie that existed that never yeah, came yeah. out. And that movie is so weird. Like, oh the, yeah, like no, no. Well, two things. One, the movie itself. Two, just its existence. Yep. Because I didn't know that movie was going to exist. Trailer just showed up in my lap, and I was like, oh wow, that looks ridiculous. Kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Probably way too cheesy. But, 100%. Like, it, it could be a good time. Like, it could be a good bad movie. It looks like it could be a good bad movie. Absolutely. And then, it looks like it could be, like, fun in, but almost like the Lego movie. Like, that like that kind of fun. Yeah. Um, then the Less family oriented. Then the pandemic, well, then the pandemic hit, and I totally scrubbed that movie's existence mm-hmm. from my brain. And it, like, it's like ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Didn't know it existed. Forgot it existed. And now, like, it's just back again, and I'll find out Taika Waititi is the bag. So, when? When? Why is it? I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure it's like a couple of, is it a couple of weeks? A couple of months? Who Let's knows? find out. Free guy. Really, December 11th, 2020. Well, I mean, that's definitely the type of movie that they could just go direct to video on, probably. I would assume so. Who knows? I have to watch that second trailer, though. But just the idea. I've watched some Taika Waititi outtakes, and boy, oh, boy, are they fantastic. So the, the the notion of just like a compilation of all of his outtakes is definitely something that I would watch, regardless oh. of context. It could be from across all of the movies. <laughs> <laughs> he just cracks me up. Uh, give me a new uh, or, or I, a nugget. Uh, I gave you my I, I shot my shot on the news. So I had, I had two nuggets slash notes, however you wish to um, name them. So the other one I have is first impressions on new season of Fargo. I okay, forgot I how long it was since the last season of Fargo aired. It was how like long? two and a half years ago or something like Damn. that. Damn. Okay. Um, well, because there was an initial like, hey, yeah, we don't really know what we're doing for the next season. Like we're going to whenever we figure it out, which, you know what? Respect. 
take your time. Yeah. Um, and then pandemic aided six months delay on top of that. Sure. So we're back. There has been three episodes. I only a dinosaur story for first one. What? We're back. <laughs> oh, my <God. laughs> oh my god. Sorry. I only I saw broke the first you. episode of the three that are available. Um, because squadrons have been taking up all of my free time. Nice. And it's just delightful to have that show back. It's so ridiculous. I'm going to have to check it out. I know you've always been singing its praises. I haven't I haven't gotten to it. But uh, lately, I feel like I've been making a lot of progress on back catalog. Uh, I'm, well, I'm, totally I'm into me. season six of Dexter. Nice, nice. Colin yeah. Hanks is pretty, uh, yep. pretty, uh, pretty solid. Edward James almost pretty creepy. Mm-hmm. Most deaf. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, surprisingly great. Yeah, I, I never knew him like in something, and I was like, Kim and I were watching it, and I was like, we, I paused it and turned to her. I was like, why isn't he in more? <laughs> well, the only thing I've ever seen him is the Italian job and like a cameo in fucking Talladega Nights. So, sure. Um, this is the only time they actually gave him something to work with, and I was like, oh wow, he's pretty good. Yeah, he, was um, he was fantastic. Yes. Oh, so you're far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how the last episode ended. Oh. Well, it ended with him walking into his shop and was like, oh, man. Also, like, in a previous scene, he said something that was very much a goodbye. Oh, it was one of those things, like, when you're in a horror movie where it's like, I'll check and see what that was. I'll be yeah. <laughs> No, it was like something like, it's been great. Like, this has been great. We should do it again sometime. And then it was like a long pause and the camera tightened on him. And I was like, oh, well, I guess that's it for you. <laughs> and boy, oh, boy, was I right. Yeah. Um, that's right. I forgot they end an episode. Um, but yeah, sorry. Uh, back to oh, yeah. You, you you got into the boys, which like totally like surprised me. I didn't even know when. Like, yeah. Did you finish the first season? Did you already start the second? Did you pass? Me? No. Oh, okay. No. Uh, it the they're long episodes. It's I with a with the show like that when the episodes are long, I tend to watch one at a time. Though I will say Dexter has been one of those ones that I've been putting on like. We put it on at dinner, and it's like, we'll watch one more. And then, like, three later, we're like, man, we cruised through half a season tonight. Dexter <laughs> is perfect in, like, two or three episode blocks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I am a little bit, un- like, upset that I've, I've fallen, like, I just it blew past me. The boys, I think the final episode of the second season is coming out, like, this Friday. And oh. I still haven't got a chance to start the second season yet. Um, I really had wanted to get to Fargo first, though, since it was out. And sure. So... That show is a great time. It's so dark and so funny at the same time. Fargo. Fargo. Yeah. Um, I honestly get cracked up by the names in that show. Like the, the, the names are their own source of hilarity of their selves. That's where the aforementioned Dr. Senator was for. Mm. Uh, he plays Chris Rock's right hand man. He is neither a doctor nor a senator. Perfect. Um <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> and there's so many things like that in this stupid, ridiculous show. Um, there are so many great names. Like, David Thewlis is incredibly creepy. VM Varga. There's Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Um, Nikki Swango. There's uh, oh <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton's Lauren Malvo. There, there's so many great names in the show. What? Was he? Was he in the movie? No, uh, he oh. is in the first season of the show. Okay. It's predominantly him and Martin Freeman together. But uh, I love Martin Freeman. 
Yeah, he's good in this. He's doing like the the big time. Like if you've seen the movie, he's basically playing like the spiritual successor to the William H Macy character from the movie. I, I haven't seen it. That sounds like something that we should do. I would. Um, I don't quite have the regard for the movie that so many people have. It's a good movie, but it's yeah, not. I feel like I'm going to be in the same boat, but we'll find out. But the thing is, I love the show. I think the show is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, and they have a great cast every season. Like the main cast is always great, and then on top of that, there's a million cameos or bit parts that are great too. Like first season is Billy Bob, it's Martin Freeman, it's Oliver Platt, it's um, love Oliver Platt, Colin Hanks. He he cracks um, me up a lot. Alison Tolman, Keith Carradine, um, mm. both Dexter alums, weirdly. Uh, <laughs> uh, not Alison Tolman, um, Keith Carradine and, and Colin Hanks. Um, and I think this, uh, what's his name from Always Sunny is in it for a couple of episodes. Uh, the guy who plays Dennis, I'm totally blanking in real life. Uh, I don't even recognize him. Oh, yeah, I can't think of his real name. Um, and they, there was other people in that, in that season, too. Second season was, um, oh, God, there's a million like Bokeem Woodbine and like a whole bunch of, it was like a, there's a ton of like secondary tier, like like TV movie actors who like all do a great, the guy from burn notice, the one who was like the guy whose name totally blank. Hmm. Um, he was the, the douchebag and hitch. Um, I don't remember his name, but I feel like he had a funny name too. Uh, the third season was Ewan McGregor, who is always great, always underrated. He plays twin brothers in the show. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Um, like I said, David Thewlis, um, that guy who's been in a bunch of shit the last few years, everyone loves. He's always like, he's a classic that guy. I think he was like, he may have even won the that guy competition on The Ringer, which was just an article and then ended up being a competition about, you know, the, the people who are in movies and TV shows who are like, oh, I know that guy, but you never yep. remember their name. 100%. He was in the final four, I think, of the that guy competition. If he didn't <laughs> <end up playing> <laughs> That's so good. Which is perfect because I can't remember his name. Yeah, um, he's that I also, guy. I also forgot, was it Patrick Wilson was in the second season? Uh, Ted Danson, um, Carrie Coon, a couple other people. It's just, it's great writing. It's totally ridiculous. The first 10 minutes of this, uh, maybe even 15 minutes, was a history of a totally fictional series of gang wars in Kansas City in, from 1910 to 1950 or something like that, in which like it starts with like this Jewish, Jewish-like mafia and the whole thing like keeps going through like like the Irish rolled in and they had this blood pact and they swap sons of like the like of like the two leaders and one of the sons betrays the group and it's like the Irish win they roll through the Jews mm-hmm. and like they bring back the son oh no sorry they let the Jewish son I think like replace the the Irish son and he kills him. They're both like eight years old. It was really dark. Um, and then the Italians roll in and then they swap the sons again. And then the, the Italians roll through the, the Irish. And then mm. this black mafia comes in. And that's how the season starts in earnest with Chris Rock as the head of this, this crime syndicate that's going to join up with the Italians. Okay. And, um, they swap sons, of course. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's got a great cast again, as always. Chris Rock, Ben Schwartzman. Ben Weeshaw, um, Timothy Oliphant shows up in either the second or third episode. I think I didn't see him yet. He's got another great name too. It's Dick Deffy with Wickware. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and there's a couple of other people I I don't think who have been like at least that I haven't seen yet who are famous. Like there, there's a couple of people who's like, oh, they're actually like some classic that guys who's like, oh, I know that person or that person looks familiar. Uh, it's just a good time. It, it, even though no matter how dark it gets, there's always something hilarious that happens as well. It's just right. like, there's always something totally ridiculous. Like someone gets assassinated by a fucking um, cap gun accidentally. I think. Oh my god! Just, like, like how do these things happen? <laughs> 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 that's ridiculous uh, uh before you get to your final nugget i think you had one more nugget no, i have that's, i have that's all my nuggets that's all your nuggets i have one more nugget and that is uh one of the other movies actually i think i lied because i think i said all of the movies that i saw a trailer for had been pushed and i don't think this one has um there was this trailer when we saw tenet for honest thief have you heard of this no i don't think so it it's it's a liam neeson joint and it's uh, it's just this. It looks like painfully redundant. Like it's just like it's all of his recent action flicks, just just pushed together. Like not even thought about. Well, <laughs> it I seems that like they're just pushed in together. I, I love how everything he's done for the last twelve years or whatever. Because I think Taken was in two thousand eight. Everything that's been done for the last twelve years is just people call them like the Taken black. The Takens. This, this Taken. Taken, taken on a train, taken, taken on a plane, taken, taken, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Taken as a thief is this one. Like, he's not necessarily a good guy in this one, but he's doing good guy things, and I guess we're supposed to root for him. It's not clear. He was a thief, but he's out of that life, but he's coming back in because he's got to oh, fix it's a something. Oh, job situation? Uh, I'm not really sure. It's not it's something, something like that. I think but, the uh, only thing I can think of. Not a, not a one last job so much as, like, a, he was trying to get out. And they brought him back in. <laughs> you know? Got him. <laughs> I, think, I think the only thing that he's done the last several years that wasn't a variation of Taken was Widows. <clears throat> I never actually got to see that one. And, like, he is not a main character. He does not have a ton of screen time. Sure. But, like, he is in the movie. It's not like a cameo or, like, a, like, a, like one appearance. Like, he's, he's in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only one that like he doesn't go off and do ridiculous taken type things and <laughs> taken taken things. That's the only one where he's not taking things. Uh, unless we're gonna consider like the uh, Seth MacFarlane movies, like Ted. Well, I guess te- Ted Two technically, or uh, a Million Ways to Die in the West. Like those- <laughs> taken the Western, taken with wolves. <laughs> <laughs> taken with wolves. <laughs> like I don't count those, obviously. Sure. <laughs> with with the news and nuggets out of the way, do you think it's time for some fun and games? Yes, of course. Right. Uh, I've got one that is uh, right on target for today. Which fictional detective are you? It's actually pretty great that we're talking about Star Wars Squadrons and you're going to throw in a stay on target. 100%. Which what am I? Which fictional detective are you? Oh, okay. Okay. So I think we got like a 23 question jam here. Let's double check real quick. Yeah, we got t- oh, 24. Sorry. How many special uh, detectives could there possibly be in the roster of this question? Of this um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I'm curious to see what they all are. Wait, no. do, wait, do you have like all the options? I, I do have the list. I also found I ran through it to make sure that like there's a, something fun at the end, and it not only tells you your result, but it says the percentage that which you were the other ones. Oh, okay. So it's actually the most in-depth quiz that we've ever taken. <laughs> Which crime would you prefer to investigate? A member of the upper class was killed by one of their relatives in a closed room setting. 
Is Somebody this, got is that is that Ben Moblock? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody got killed at the amusement park. If I can't solve the crime, at least I can ride some roller coasters. Am I right? Wow. Something bizarre that'll make a good puzzle. Something that'll make a good story afterwards, so I can write about it. Something I can solve from my chair. I don't feel like running around after suspects. Whatever the job calls for, I'm probably up for it. Let's go with that one. Okay. How do you feel about murders? <laughs> Sorry, about 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 murderers. It's also bad. <laughs> they can be artists. At least they prevent boredom. I don't approve of murder. I can appreciate cleverness in a crime, but the culprit should definitely be thought be brought to justice. They're wicked and deserve to be executed. Hooray for the death penalty. Wow. Um, let's go with the one about cleverness, I guess. I'm trying to figure yeah. out through these questions like who the options are, so I have to imagine... Benoit Blanc has to be one of them. Sherlock mm. Holmes has to be one of them. I'm sure. guessing maybe one of these will be, uh, what's his name from Seven? I don't remember the name of the character, the Morgan mm. Freeman character from Seven. Probably. We'll, we'll find out. Um, do you drink? Yes, a lot. I'm a social drinker. Just an occasional glass of wine. I prefer to smoke. No, I'd rather use other substances. Wow. Who needs that when you can have chocolate? Oh, um, I guess let's go with the drinking a lot one. Yes, a lot. Okay. Yeah. What is your preferred method? Pure rational logic. It's all about science. Psychology. It's all about the person. I believe in a mixture of both. I just look at the clues and wing it. I believe in a mixture of both. How do you feel about people in general? They're interesting to observe. They're mostly foolish and wicked, but I do try to I do try to be polite and kind to them. Unintelligent and boring. They're intimidating and confusing. I'd rather not deal with them on a social basis or shrug. Well, this year has proven to be that uh, the one about the wicked and foolish, but I do try to be nice to them. Okay. Your lo- your love life. Not interesting. Not interesting. <laughs> every every questionnaire seems to bring this up. Not interesting at the moment. I'm in a relationship. I'm looking for dates. I'd really have to have an emotional attachment to someone before I considered sleeping with them. I prefer sex without emotional attachment. You mean like kissing another person? Ew, they could be diseased. <laughs> well, I guess that technically applies to the pandemic as well. But nice. But what was the first option? No, not interested at the moment. Oh, sorry, can you read me the rest of the options? I'm looking for dates. Is that the one you're looking for? Sure, why not? Okay. Would you carry a weapon when investigating? Yes, I'd kill in self-defense if I had to. Maybe, but I don't know if I could use it. No, I prefer not to get into physical altercations with suspects. No, but the police are hiding behind that door and they're armed. Wow. Um, I guess the first one, the one about using it to defend yourself. Okay. How do you get around? I use city transport. I take a stroll, my car, anything but an airplane or a boat. I get sick on those. Whatever gets me from point A to B. I can't drive, so I get someone else to drive me around. Whatever gets me to point A to B. I like that. Do you have a hobby? Gardening, chess, playing an instrument, writing, trolling people, knitting. <laughs> um, I guess writing. My best friend complains that I need to know more about pop culture, get them into too many crazy situations, am too dependent on them, am too unemotional, drink too much, they don't complain about me, we're all good. Let's go with that one. Okay. 
A criminal might underestimate you and dismiss you as sweet and harmless, goofy, nobody important, an empty braggart, a crazy weirdo, brawn without brains. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say nobody important. Okay. How did you get your... Oh, sorry. How did you get so smart? I was born brilliant. It's just my good memory. It has nothing to do with IQ. Intelligence is just the result of hard work. My OCD makes me pay attention to details. I'm not really smart. I just notice obvious things everyone else seems to overlook for some reason. I just know a lot about my field because it's my obsession. Uh, the one about my memory. Also, again, that what about ob- noticing obvious things? Is that, again, Benoit Blanc? I'm pretty sure that's Benoit Blanc. Probably. Also, I'm forgetting Hercule Poirot. He's got to be in here, too. Yeah. How do you deal with death? Make jokes so I don't have to deal with it. Bottle it up. Focus on catching the one responsible. Have a meltdown. It's sad, but life goes on. Death is just a fact. Um, there's one, it was the, the one about like finding who did it or whatever. Okay, focus on catching the one responsible. Yes, that one. You prefer to keep the suspects talking and they'll give themselves away. Focus on the forensics. Observe details about the suspect with the incriminate. Well, that will incriminate them. Uh, oh, sorry. I thought there was more options. Um, let's go with the keep them talking one. Okay. Would you prefer to examine the corpse yourself? Yes, that's the most important part. Yes, there might be a clue. No, I'll take the doctor's word for it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The one about, yes, there might be an important clue. Are you religious? No, I only believe in what I can prove empirically. I'm agnostic slash open-minded. Yes, I'm an observant blank. That one. You prefer to read a suspect... Read a corpse. <laughs> uh, suspect. What's your clothing style? Neat but practical? Very uniform and specific? Tending towards dandyish? <laughs> Trench coat? Whatever is long, whatever as long as it's comfortable. The neat but practical. Could you physically fight an attacker? Yes, and I'd probably win. I could give it a try. I'd probably lose. Probably win. People think I'm dangerous, geeky, obnoxious, a gossip, antisocial, a loser. Wow. Uh, dangerous. Sorry, would you pick the internet cutout for a second? <laughs> oh, sorry. Dangerous. Okay. You'd prefer to solve crime in the countryside, a small town, the city streets, a lab, my armchair, wherever the job takes me. Wherever the job takes me. Your biggest weakness is noisiness, fear, pride, laziness, being a jerk, inability to take life seriously. Laziness. You have a hearing problem, have a short attention span, have Asperger's traits, are out of shape, have OCD, none. Currently, I'm a little bit out of shape. What sort of person is more irritating? Someone who won't take anything seriously? Someone with no sense of humor? Ooh, that's a good question. Yes. Um, huh. I'm going to go with no sense of humor. Yeah, I think I would take that too. All right, we're going to submit the answers. All right, you got Philip Marlowe. Philip Marlowe is a fictional character created by Raymond Chandler. (coughs) Underneath the wisecracking, hard-drinking, tough private eye, Marlowe is quietly contemplative and philosophical and enjoys chess and poetry. While he is not afraid to risk physical harm, he does not dish out violence merely to settle scores. Who is this? Who is this character? Sorry, I've been dying over here. Uh, oh, sorry. 
Didn't mean to. Didn't mean <laughs> to just gloss over the fact that you're choking to death. No, well, I muted the microphone, so it didn't just uh, me choking on water wasn't going to uh, affect mm. the the quality of the uh, incredibly polished podcast that we're doing currently. Sure. <laughs> uh, sorry, I was just trying to uh, find out who this was because I have no idea who this is. He's an American mystery series that aired on HBO hmm. from 1983 to 1986. Interesting. The name sounded vaguely familiar, but I don't actually know who this is. So you were a 93% match for Philip Marlowe. Wow. Your runner-up was Columbo. And <laughs> a, a, tight, a tight third was Jessica Fletcher. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Which is just fantastic. So I'm every... Stereotypical private eye from the 1970s to 1980s. That's right. Uh, and now going down the rest of the list in order. Miss Marple. <laughs> Sean Spencer. I don't know who that is. Hercule Perrault. Nice. Sherlock Holmes. Gil Grissom. I'm not familiar with that one. Adrian Monk. Oh, okay. Bones Brennan. Emily Duchanel. <laughs> Bassinger? Yeah. Basinger? No, what happened was I realized it wasn't Zoe, but I blanked on her first name for a second. <laughs> um, sorry, I was just looking up, I was still looking up Philip Marlowe. So Powers Booth was Philip Marlowe. Okay. Um, he was a private eye who pursued criminals through the smog shrouded streets of Los Angeles oh. in the 1930s, based on the stories by Raymond Chen. Well, all right then. Well, we know who you are. And with that, let us get into our flick of the week. Enola Holmes, released in 2020 on Netflix. Here's your IMDb synopsis. When Enola Holmes, Sherlock's teen sister, discovers her mother missing, she sets off to find her, becoming a super sleuth in her own right, as she outwits her famous brother and unravels a dangerous conspiracy around a mysterious young lord. Uh, yeah, that's, 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 that's it, though. That's it. <laughs> it's it's not it's it's it, the movie the movie's not very deep. We'll we're get, we're about we'll get into it. But first, Al, I want to hear your uh, your tweet length review if you'd be so kind. Okay. Although you already know it. <laughs> it's fine. Fun. Light. A bit twee. Six point five out of ten. Okay, it's generous. I have uh, the one thing that kept me from nodding off were the charming winks and nods to the audience. Five out of ten. Oh, okay. I uh I was a little bit sour on it. I was very unengaged watching the movie. Really? Yeah, it just wasn't doing it for me. And I mean, it's definitely not great. Mm-hmm. It's it's fine, but uh, so I, say, I, I have it here. Like, it's not it's not a bad movie. Yeah, it's not a particularly good movie. No, I mean, I would have raised the the grade. I did raise the grade slightly because, like. They do some like fun, clever little things with like presentation, and it is a technically well-made movie. Like it's presented well, um, and I thought the performances were were fine. Well, specifically, like you know, this movie has to be carried on the back of Millie Bobby Brown, mm-hmm. and I thought she was game. So sure, sure, yeah, I thought she was great. She was the saving grace of the movie. I feel like without her, like, I don't know if anybody else was in it and maybe, like, wasn't as compelling as she was, I might have actually bailed. Yeah, I mean, I can understand that. Like, there is a very 
hard cap on how good this movie could be. Sure. Yeah. There isn't a lot there, but when you, I think they basically met that cap. Yeah. I, I, I would say like they, they yeah, just barely because I did stay, yeah. I did stick with it. And uh, there are times where it does pick up a little bit and get a little bit better, but overall I just wasn't, I wasn't super, like I said, in, I guess I feel like engaged is the best way to put it. I just wasn't like invested in what was going on. I mean, there was definitely times and thankfully they were largely brief where it came to a screeching halt and I wasn't mm. on my phone, mm-hmm. but that was not the majority of the movie. Mm-mm. Um, Mm-mm. So to me, that's engagement because I did want to know what was going to happen next. Like I wasn't sitting on the edge of my seat by, by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was curious to see where it was going to go. I didn't find that the um, that there was much of a mystery. I, I mean, I thought they did a bait and switch because mm. they present one mystery to you and then realize that the other mystery that comes up that you think is just going to be kind of a frivolity is actually what the movie's about. Yeah, and it, well, yeah. The I guess the, I think maybe what bothered me about that is this is the same night that I watched that Walking Dead episode, and I was like, "Oh, the first mystery is your franchise mystery. Great." <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> not well, everything I, needs to be a franchise. <laughs> I will confess that I actually probably would have even this bumped this to a seven, but the last ten minutes of the movie really pissed me off mm. because the. Well, I guess we can wait till spoilers. Sure. I I, yeah, I I will be curious to see like um. So as far let's clarify some something on the rating here. Um, I'm not. In complete disagreement, I think the 6.5 is, is is a fair enough grade to give it. My biggest thing is I don't think that I'll give something over a 5 um, if I truly will not rewatch it again. No, this like, is I, the type I, of thing that if it was... Well, it's like a Netflix movie, right? But like in a world in which it existed... In on, a world in which Netflix movies just play, which is coming. Yeah, well, <laughs> they already do, I suppose. But yeah. in a world in which this was syndicated or in any way, shape, or form, like it popped up on TBS or HBO yeah. or whatever, and I was flipping through, looking for something to watch, I would watch this again. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think that I would. I, uh, um, I, I'm just like, uninterested. This would become, this would instantly leap over The Walking Dead as far as background material. That is fair. Okay. Fair. <laughs> if we're comparing it against other things, for sure. That's what um, I'm saying. So, like, 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 that's where I think you have to kind of grade it for. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it wasn't a sloppily made movie. There was, it was actually pretty, pretty tight at places. I, I really found there were some clever little things that without them, this movie absolutely would have started to tum- tumble to like a five or something because I would have been super bored. But there was some fun, clever little rewinds. Like, let's look at that again from this perspective now. Hey, let's flash back to that. Hey, let's present this in this way. Like, we're reading out of a book or she's, she's giving this sort of like list of things or how she's going through her thought process. It was enough to break up the pacing to keep you honest. Sure. Otherwise this movie absolutely would have been a slog, but you can't hold that against them. It's a positive. It's a credit to them that they did do those things, whether yeah, yeah. It be as they're saving grace or, you know, is it like feature or bug type of thing, but in the reverse, like, is it mm-hmm. something that we're going to give them a, a pass for because of it or appreciate the fact that they built it in there on purpose. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I, I will say there's a couple of things here that um, I think specifically that like, if they, if they had tweaked it 
maybe even just a little bit that could have could have easily raised the score for me. The first being that the the mystery wasn't buried enough. I feel like it was a little bit too obvious. Okay. Of uh, which we can get into the spoilers of of that soon. Um, but you had mentioned there's a bait and switch. Completely agree. That's true. It does that. That's that is the thing that is like the the twist, right? Is the fact that what we think we're going to be chasing in the movie is not the thing that we're chasing. That's your twist, um, which is not that much of a twist. But the thing that we end up going after is not concealed very well. Um, I don't. I don't think at least. Well. I guess we might as well just get to spoilers if we're going to talk about a mystery. Okay, so well, b- b- before we get to that, then, um, one of the things that I think hurts the movie is that it... So we have this established um, film version of Sherlock Holmes, right? That has happened already. Well, it's the we- one that's in our public lexicon, but there's been a million takes on the character. Sh- sure, but the common, the common current generation is the Robert Downey Jr. style Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. And it seems that from the get-go, they are trying to show you that he, like that the Sherlock in this movie is not that one. Yes. He's, he's, he's a lot more grounded in emotion, even though, even though he's not super emotional, but he's not like, he's not, he's not Tony Stark, the Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> he's, he's a little bit different. Well, How, not, well, he, well, you know what he is? Is he? I think the word "grounded" is the best way to do it. Is because sure. he's, while very austere, he is a human Sherlock Holmes, and mm-hmm. most often, most readings of the character trend towards like autistic, essentially. Mm-hmm. And this Sherlock doesn't seem to be that. He just seems to be a very gruff, like austere, like at arm's length type of person. Sure. And I think the what's hard, what's interesting is like they're they're telling you that at face value, right? That they, this is the he's a different kind. We're showing you this version of him. However, they're, they're they're doing something. There's something with the music, the camera work and the storytelling that is very much directly related to the design language of the Sherlock Holmes movies where it's this Although movie is the, very different there's a big, there's a big help in that the color palette is wildly different. Yeah, I don't know. So, it's wildly to the point different. that like this one has colors. <laughs> yeah, but it's Netflix blue tint. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> well, for some of it, yes, but like you see blades of grass, you see. The yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's that's that that's 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 fair. But uh, well, like there's something about it though that it it almost it's not different enough. Like it's. It, it doesn't ever feel different enough from those movies while it's trying to tell you that it is. Well, the funny thing is, is they make Sherlock fairly different and then replace some of the core concepts of what made those movies very specifically those movies. And they took the fighting thing and put it on Enola. Like, that unfortunately continues to draw you back to those movies. Right, right. Which is just a little, it's just a little bit of a weird thing. It's not necessarily yes. good or bad. It's just something that I'm thinking about throughout the whole movie. Well, it's, 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 it's a weird choice when most of the other choices would seem to try to distance you from those. Which actually, like, honestly, it's probably the right call because you don't want to be just a pastiche of those movies. Mm-hmm. But then you take this very central, like, thing that everyone associates with those movies. Mm-hmm. 
and you make it as part of this. Yeah. And um, there's a, so there's also the uh, I have mentioned in my tweet like review, but like the winking and nodding to the camera. Uh, those scenes I actually thought were great. And I thought that she handled them really well. There's one oh, in yeah. particular where her head is in a bucket and she's being drowned. And then she turns up and winks, literally winks to the camera. And I was like, oh, you just you, that was the, like that pulled me back into the movie because I just thought it was so well executed. <laughs> I thought that the fourth wall breaks were pretty good and also judicious enough where like they didn't do it nearly as much as like a Deadpool. Sure. But they're, they're like, we're going to do it like this is how we're, we're going to be about this. Uh, yeah, but we're not going to overuse it. We're going to. Yeah, I appreciate that they used it probably just the right amount. Yeah, I completely agree. There's definitely, there would be a, a difficult balance there of deciding, like, should we do one here or not? Where, like, it's very noticeable that they do them, but it's also very noticeable that they don't overplay their hand, which is great. Um, one, and again, one, my one last note, my one last pre-spoiler note here uh, is about chemistry, and that is that the, I don't think that the romance chemistry that they set up was there. However, the sibling chemistry was spot on. I thought that was really good. Well, it's a little weird, right? Because it feels like they're constantly toying with the idea of it's siblings slash best friends. It's possibly romantic. Oh, no, no. I, I mean, like her relationship with Sherlock and Mycroft. Oh, sorry. that was spot on. Sibling I thought that this was I thought we were talking about like the like the will they won't be N- thing with. No, that that I just felt thought fell flat. I just thought that 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 was not it. I understand like it, we're talking about like a younger age and like it's supposed to kind of be that way, but it just they never really seemed like they would ever click in that way. Well, that's what I was getting at too. Was like they have a very delicate balance to strike where it's like if you go too far into it, it's like creepy. Yeah, <laughs> that's, you know? I guess that's fair. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. So they kind of do the will they won't they, and it's at the end where it's like okay. At this stage in the story, they're leaving child. Yeah, yeah. Where it can like start to be like, okay, we can start to seriously consider. And even then, it's very chaste. It's a kiss on the wrist, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I did actually like, you're right, the, the relationship with the brothers I thought was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I will say in this moment, I was constantly thrown off that the whole movie because I don't recall the lore. I've only actually read one Sherlock Holmes book. Loved it. Hounds of the Baskervilles. Um, Mycroft isn't in that one. Okay. So I never knew who was supposed to be older. And okay. then they, but like, but they were doing the whole thing where it's like my estate, my ward. And I was like, okay, so I guess Mycroft has to be older. Right. But something in the back of my head was working, like not like sitting right with the whole thing. And then at the end, Sherlock says something about older brother to him. He always says, I'll buy you a drink to commiserate with you, older brother. And that's when it finally clicked with my head. I was like, I have to look this up because I'm 95% sure Henry Cavill's older than Sam Claflin. And he is three years older. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Oh, that's silly. Uh, I do, uh, I will say I never, I never finished or like caught up. I don't know if it's still running, but the, I really enjoy the BBC Sherlock and, uh, that one I, I think is kind of like Philip Marlowe in which there can be years between seasons. <laughs> yeah. Well, also each season is three episodes and each episode is like an hour and a half. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. They play like movies. It's pretty cool. Um, it's great. It's a great show. It's really well done. 
uh, great thing that cast I of characters. Would probably give a shot if I had some time. Which I, I think you, I think you would tremendously enjoy it, especially uh, Martin Freeman well, as uh, Watson is just. Fantastic. I love Benedict Cumberbatch, and I love Martin Freeman. Wait, didn't we establish this last week or the week before that I am a Cumberbatch? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think he was your soulmate. Yeah, your British right. actor soulmate. Yeah. No, um, you are a bitch. <laughs> but uh, the Mycroft in the BBC, I really like that character in the BBC one. Who plays him in that? Um, that's a good question. I recognize him. Because if you want to talk about differentiation points, having Stephen Fry and having <laughs> Sam Claflin play him were two wildly different takes on the character. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mark Gaddis. Uh, the name doesn't sound familiar. Um, I don't know if you'd recognize him. Did you see, uh, mm, no, no, he was a voice in that. Um, yeah, maybe if you saw him, you might recognize him because he, I, he was very familiar when I saw him uh, initially, but now when I, when I do see him, I think of him as that, not from something else. So, okay. But, uh, I, I do, I like that. Anyway, what were you going to say? What were you going to say? Oh, no, I was saying that as far as differentiation points between, like this movie and the other one, like the Downey ones, having Stephen Fry versus Sam Claflin playing the Mycroft role. Wildly different takes on the character. Mm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, all right. So lifting the veil then? Uh, spoilers from here on out? Sure. Okay, so uh, it seemed like you might have been ready to disagree with me on like the the mystery not being that deep. Um, yeah, now I'm struggling to remember what I was just going to say. Oh, um, what the idea that one of the family was trying to kill him, mm-hmm. not in the least bit surprising. Right. Why, though, was what I found interesting. Oh, interesting. I, there was a, um, there was an early nod to the House of Lords, and then there's the, uh, him explaining who he's going to be in the train car. And I was like, all right, I see where this is going. (laughs) I guess so. The thing is, I was caught up in the very heavy handed talk about feminism and all that. And I just assumed that storyline was going to go to the mother. Gotcha. Gotcha. That was before they did the full on switch that we're going after this. I I see. That's, that's, that's fair. I, uh, when we met the, especially when you consider it looks like she's going to be like, she's going to go full Guy Fawkes and try and blow up parliament. (laughs) it's like that's what they were setting up the only the only way they could have made that better with all the winking and nodding to the camera is if she pulled one of those masks out of a out of like one of the boxes and like threw it over over (laughs) (laughs) that would have been perfect well i mean think about it like we see like an army of women learning how to fight jujitsu we know she can we know there's a connection between those people we know about the explosive she finds a like a a back alley factory of explosives that her mother was working on. Mm-hmm. You see the whole vote on, on Lords. You hear, kept hearing like the narration of we're going to change the world and, you know, women can be strong and independent. This and that are like, okay, so this is going to go with her trying to blow up parliament essentially and yeah. try and change the world. And she's going to try and stop her. And then we're going to have the whole fight over whether she's doing the right thing for the wrong reasons and all that. And that's what it's going to be all about. So I largely just pushed, the Viscount Tewksbury Marquez of Bell... Bell- I keep forgetting <laughs> yeah. the, the last word is the one I always forget. Um, I just assumed that that was going to kind of be like, 
I knew it was going to end up taking on some sort of importance. I didn't know it was going to take on the full importance. And I didn't realize that the storyline was going to go to him and his vote because I just mm-hmm. assumed that storyline was reserved for the mother because mm-hmm. getting back to what I was saying, super frustrated me about the final 10 minutes is I assumed that that storyline was going to fucking pay off. Oh. The mother no. storyline had nothing to do with anything. No. Like, that's actually insulting. Like, that yeah. part of it is actually insulting to the audience. Like, because, mm-hmm. like, is what you were, like, you were hinting at earlier, like, setting up, like, the mystery setting up for the franchise, like, which is, it is. But, like, it didn't even leave on a good cliffhanger if that's what you're going to do. That's, like, that's such a, that is a thing that irritates me to no end. And Brian and I have talked about this a bit with video games of, like, the pre-establishing that a thing is going to be a franchise it, in my opinion, the stories are never tight. They never, they never are like fully formed because, like, your challenge. <laughs> okay, um, that would not have been a franchise if it didn't work, though. They would have, they, they would have pulled the plug on that. Always planned as a three part arc. Okay, one, one example. I just, I, you said never. I sure. said challenge. Sure, I'm not saying it's the rule. It is the mm-hmm. exception, but. I will say, though, with with Mass Effect, though, if for whatever reason the reception wasn't good, it was strong enough to stand on its own. Well, that's my that's my point, though, is you said they're never tight enough to stand on their own. But that 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 I bet you the reason why is that it was the story was formulated to to work if the rest of it got scrapped. Fine. This is not formulated that way. (laughs) Sure. My my point was within that studio, Dragon Age was. I'm sure they had franchises an idea, but they made Dragon Age Origins to be one story, mm-hmm. then figured out how to continue the story. Right, that's how Mass you Effect, do it. They came up with a story and they're like, "Oh, we have bigger plans for this. This is going to be a three-part story." They may not have made the final two parts of it, but it was always Pl- written as chapter 1 of a three-act story. Sure, but executed in a way that it could have been closed out where they've already been greenlit. Which is like, good writing. Yeah. And 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 then like using like just like relying on the fact that we can go into this later is garbage. It's just garbage writing. <laughs> really depends bothered on, me. Depends on how you execute it, right? Uh, but, uh, it, no, yeah. in this case, in this case, I agree. Trish. Terrible. Like you like they put so much time and effort into the first act of this movie, mm, mm-hmm. setting up how important the mother. And if you want to bait and switch that, fine. But then at the end, those two storylines have to Close dovetail, which yep. is what I assumed that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because that was why I was distracted from like him being the deciding vote and all that. Was I assumed it was going to be he's going to the House of Lords to vote, she's going to blow it up, and Enola's got to find a way to reconcile both things. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. She's just here again. Cool. And then gone. <laughs> and then gone again. Yeah. Uh, didn't dumb. blow anything up. Didn't resolve anything. She's not going to come back and be mom anymore. But it also doesn't seem like she's going to continue on being militant either because Anola did it for her. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, like, that's what they set up, right? Like she's going to be a militant, radical feminist who yeah. is going to, we're not going to ask nicely anymore. We're going to take it, right? We're going to force you to give us what we want. Mm-hmm. And at the end, she just lays down her guns, but she's still going to go do work, but also not with you. It, yeah, go, go it, be a nice it, little girl over there. It seems like the yeah, like that the second movie is intended to go into like the conflict of her of Anola having to decide whether like it's her mom, but she probably needs to stop her like kind of thing. But it's weird because like it seems like she kind of was like, oh, I guess I don't have to do that anymore. I, I yeah, I know. But, but then she's going to go back to doing it. It's right. <laughs> it's so it was it was dumb. Um, 
There is also, a. What, what is the likelihood that Helena Bottom Carter or Henry Cavill comes back to do another one of these movies? Oh, I, I, I will. I assume based on the writing that they are contractually obligated. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But man, what are the chances either of those people comes back? And I can't figure out Henry Cavill. I've gone so far all over the map with that dude. Like we've mm-hmm. gone from trying to replace him in all things with Army Hammer to he was probably perfect for this and Geralt of Rivia. So. Yeah. Okay, fine. You can stay in those roles, but then Army. Hammer Maybe we replace him, not in a non-Netflix situation. Yeah, you know what? He actually was perfect for this role, and I finally figured out like his wheelhouse is he has to play people without emotions. Mm. Like he isn't a good actor, but he can do that one thing. Mm. Interesting. Because even like even what's it called? Mission Impossible Fallout. He's playing a machine. He's playing a robot. Essentially, yeah. he's playing yeah. the Terminator. That, re- that, that robot Cast that reloads his arms. <laughs> yeah, he reloads his arms. Cast him as the next Terminator. That's what he can do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, let's get him in there. Because he can't... And you know who can play uh, Kyle Reese? is Army Hammer. <laughs> and <laughs> he can that hammer... Would be something. Cavill. <laughs> he can hammer Cavill. Oh, my God. If we, win, if we win the lottery, we're making that movie. And he's hitting him with a fucking sledgehammer at some point in that movie. That's when we hang it up, Al. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, Geralt of Rivia is not a real person. Like, he's mm-hmm. not a person. He has no emotions. He's totally monotone at all times. This Sherlock is largely the same. He shows the glimpse of emotion or just the the fact that he can have it, mm-hmm. but not express it. And just the same, he plays a like a killing machine in Mission Impossible. Like, that's all he can do. Right. Which yeah, I understand, because as a younger man, he was able to express emotion in Count of Monte Cristo. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll see him come around again. But um, one, another scene that, well, a scene that I really enjoyed, uh, when Enola sets off the explosives and runs away, a visually fantastic scene. Mm. With, the, with the explosions and the fireworks because of like the explosions that they the explosives that they are like that was a really cool scene and it looked fantastic. <laughs> it's nice to see a Netflix movie with decent CGI because this was way better than the spiders from last week. Oh. <laughs> the spider ball? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um uh, yeah, that's far far better than <laughs> that than that nightmare fuel. Um <laughs> God. So when she blows up that building, she's of course fighting the weasel from The Dark Knight Rises. Wait, hang on. Can we just back up for one second? The weasel yeah. from everything. Burn Gorman always plays a weasel. The weasel man. It's weasel man. He knows. It's all he knows how to do. He always plays a scumbag. The original weasel. <laughs> the weaselly. <laughs> what? Wait. Was he in a? Was he in a Harry Potter? He might have. He was he a Death Eater? Let's find out. Maybe I just want him to be. Uh, you probably was, just want him to be. He was a scumbag in Game of Thrones. He was a scumbag in The Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was a scumbag in... I'm sure I'll think of something the longer I think of it. Was he a scumbag in, in that uh, the spy show on AMC? He looked like it. Or maybe it's just because that's his voice in his face. Probably. Um, I saw him in something else in the last couple of years. I can't think of what now. What else is he in here? Sorry, I'm still trying to find out if he was in a Harry Potter movie. <laughs> he's been in some stuff. I know. And he's always a bad guy. Yeah. He's a... 
he's not the, is he the one that no he didn't he didn't scream post-mortem that was the other that was uh ben meddlesome yes uh um, he was in that scene yeah god anyway oh my god that's what i saw him in recently I totally forgot he was in the 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 new season on amazon of the expanse guess what Played a scumbag. <laughs> so, in a movie that is very clearly PG-13, like this whole movie is very clearly PG-13, when she gets him in that leg lock thing and his head hits, I was like, oh, damn! <laughs> I was like, that is, a, that is R-rated. <laughs> well, first of all, if she never did that and succeeded, I would have been so mad because she kept doing it and failing like, over yeah, and yeah. over again. Um, which obviously is the clear setup to the fact that she's going to do it. But yeah, Third time the, charm. the violent smacking his head on that. Was that a Fabergé egg? That it, <laughs> no, <laughs> but it sure looked like one. Uh, no, it was like the the footing of like a fireplace or something. Yeah, like it is, yeah. Uh, yeah. By, like, the, by the way, t- I found something that Burn Gorman was not a total scumbag in still kind of oh. scummy but not like overt villain he was in an episode of always sunny for philadelphia totally forgot he was in it he plays a doctor the episode was called flowers for charlie did you ever read flowers for algernon when you were a kid no <laughs> super fucking depressing they should not have let sixth grade us read that they okay. were reading an abridged version of it you know, sometimes when you're a kid, you get like an abridged version yeah, yeah. of the book. And it's like, 100%. let's take this way too adult thing out of it and give you like the things. So the book was about the scientists who were studying behavior in mice and they come up with some sort of like serum to make them super smart. Okay. And they decide they're going to do human tests with it and they're going to use it on a man who is, I believe at the time they probably called him simple or something like that. Sure. Um, not simple Jack levels of simple, but Lenny without the murder, Lenny sure. without the murder is what we'll say. And they do it. So the whole thing, I think if I remember correctly, and again, I didn't read the whole book because they didn't let us, they give it to him. He becomes brilliant, but then they, the trial ends and they stop giving it to him. And then he becomes not smart anymore. Okay. Also, I think it might've given him cancer and also the mouse cancer. Don't hundred percent remember that. So like I said, super <laughs> Jeez. So they did that in an episode of Always Sunny, and they give oh, the God. serum to Charlie, and he becomes brilliant. But then you find out at the end of the episode that they gave him a placebo, and all the things you think he's doing brilliantly, he's just totally BSing, and everyone else is going along with it to see if it wasn't actually a test of his intelligence. It was a test of if someone's confidence improves when they think they're smart. Oh, man. It's actually literally. A study of the Dunning-Kruger effect. <laughs> the, the, Di- the Diane-Kruger? Not the Diane-Kruger effect, the Dunning-Kruger effect. And Bern Gorman is the doctor who's running the experiment. So that whole thing is a little scummy, but he's not actually like an overt villain in it. Because mm. like he's just trying to study this whole thing, and Charlie is, of course, stupid enough to go along. <laughs> oh my god, that's so stupid. Uh, that show is ridiculous. But I I had mentioned earlier that like my probably my favorite part of the movie was the was the wink in the bucket. That was the that that really did that got me that hooked me back in, which was yeah. like right around the halfway mark probably. Um, and I will point this under I had this under conversation starters, but maybe maybe my least favorite moment. Something that it made super clear to me happens way too often in movies. 
People fall hard on stone ground and have no producers to show for it. <laughs> and it's just like, as a kid, I tripped slightly on an upgrade and like my two front teeth turned black. Like it was. <laughs> you knocked your two front teeth out too? No, no, they just turned black. They didn't fall out. Oh. Yeah, they healed. Really? Yeah, it's weird. You can bruise your teeth? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I never knew. It was unsettling. Well, I mean, because obviously, as you well know, I fell down the stairs as a kid and knocked my two front You teeth sure out. did. He just wanted to say Sister Susie sitting on a thistle for years and he couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was made perfect for me that I could sing All I Want for Christmas is my two front teeth. That's right. Forever. <laughs> for like six years. <laughs> Bang! Yeah, but seriously, like she, she straight up eats shit on a cobblestone <laughs> street and nothing, <laughs> not even a bruise. And like, and then it then it dawned on me. I was like, how often does this happen? And then like, people are getting thrown around in the movie, like a lot, like into walls. <laughs> and I just, I never really paid that close attention to it. But they're generally fine. And I know it would probably be annoying storytelling to have them hold their back or something as they stand up or like have bruises everywhere, but it's just like very unrealistic at times. No, you know what? I'm actually on, on board with this. We need to demand more of our making, like not just like a movie in which like it takes place over the course of the day. Cause you do see that everyone once in a while, right? Where it's like a movie yeah. takes place over the course of a day and like they're progressively more beat up as it goes on. Mm-hmm. This movie takes place over the course of like a week or two. Well, most of it does, because then it was never clear how long she was at the finishing school, but obviously it was some time. Sure. Um, We need to do like, oh, this movie takes place over the course of a couple of days. No, you get punched in the face. Black guy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Let's let you know what? That's our new mission as a podcast is black guy accountability. And that's going to be what we're going to check in on once an episode. I'm putting it in the notes now. Black eye accountability. <laughs> I just want to stress that Anthony's saying black eye and not black guy. That's right. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> All right, let's. I'm putting this in here. Do you want? Do, is there is there a better name for the segment? Black eye watch. Not black. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the watching of eyes that are black. Nope, not better. Uh, bruise bruise counter. Bruise counter. Um. Bruised. I don't know. I, bruised question mark is what I have on it. The the peach meter. How bruised is this peach? <laughs> oh my god, that's actually pretty great. Uh, well, we, we, we might think of something. I can eat a peach for hours. We're gonna do... Nope, that's not <laughs> it. Uh, you got me to react viscerally to that when we did face off. It was my turn to get you. No, that's right. I think I actually got you on that like last week in a completely unrelated... <laughs> We definitely brought it up again. Was it last week? I don't remember. All right. Uh, Black eye accountability for now. If we come up with something else, we'll change it. But we we are. We're going to have to keep note of this because I am curious. Um, But anyway, just something something that I noticed this time around for like, and I've watched a lot of movies and it's never bothered me before. But I was like reminding me of last week's Archer in which Archer comes into the office and I'm just going to come out and say it. Barry's there. Mm-hmm. And he starts opening fire, and they're like, "Can you please stop shooting at Barry?" And the spoiler alert: Barry is now a friend of ISIS. Well, I guess they're not ISIS anymore; they don't have a name technically. Um, and he is a part of their organization. <laughs> this happened during the course of Archer's coma. 
Okay. And so after everyone like dusts off, you see like you see Cheryl is bleeding from her leg. <laughs> You're like, oh, you got caught by a stray. And she goes, uh, excuse me. That's a pre-existing condition. <laughs> so we need that sort of accountability. She came into the office already having been shot. Awesome. Keep track of these things. <laughs> That's great. And so your pre-existing conditions? Is that what is that the name yeah. of our segment? Okay, okay. I could I could work with that. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, no, I mean, you know what it is? People hit the ground real hard at this movie. I think that's why I took note of it. Like, two young people jump off a train. <laughs> Actually, if we're going yeah, to go with pre-existing conditions here, Byrne Gorman pulls out a garage, chokes the ever-living shit out of the Viscount of Tewkesbury titles titles, and sure, there's no mark on his neck after it's all said. That's correct. And if anyone knows anything about that... The grotesque ligature marks that would be left on your neck, even in an unsuccessful garroting, is going to be hideous for probably ever, but for certain weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, why, why has this never been a thing that I noticed, though? Um, is it, are other movies actually doing it well? No. Okay. Most of them are not. Okay. Right. Like I said, there's every once in a while you get like the gritty storyline where they're going to keep track of it, but it's yeah. like it's always a over the course of a a day type movie. Like think of something sure. like Free Fire, where it's like which featured Army Hammer, of course. That's right. The beginning, they're all clean cut and nice, and then by the end, they're falling apart. But it's different because that takes place over the course of a couple hours, and the whole entire movie takes place in that room. Yeah, right. And then yeah, yeah. Also, yeah, something like uh like Batman. And Christian Bale takes off his armor, and he is bruised head to toe. There is not. And then a... tomorrow he's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he is. He's bruised. Sorry, he's bruised neck to toe. And in the next scene, he is covered neck to toe. <laughs> yeah, but my point is, like, like there's no ill effects of it later in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's 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 true. I do realize that it could get annoying and difficult, and maybe not actually entertaining to watch. You know what? Life is annoying and difficult and not always interesting. That's sure, but I'm at the movies right now. <laughs> well, my point is suspension of disbelief is required for certain things, but mm-hmm. there are certain things that we, like, we can establish, like, let's take a Nolan movie, Interstellar. We have things that we think we're really good on on the science, right? But you're still, we don't know, right? Look, mm-hmm. It's all theory, like theory of relativity and all that, like, time dilation and all that sort of stuff. So we will allow a certain suspension of disbelief for all of that because from what we know of the math, it's sound, if not 100% factual. But sure. if someone falls off a cliff in that movie, <laughs> it hurts. you expect them to be fucking bruised for the rest of the movie. <laughs> or some passage of time to happen. You know what I mean. An acceptable yeah, passage yeah, yeah. of time. Yeah. Just acknowledge it is yeah. really what we're getting at. <laughs> even, even just one scene, someone gets up out of bed and they wince as they grab their ribs because they fell off a fucking cliff. Like, okay, done. Done. Yeah. Box checked. Yeah, nah, I, it's you, you're right. You're you right. got brutally beaten, and then the 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 the, the storyline takes place like three days later. That's Bruce right. Was, yeah, bruises. Take take a nap. Go into a coma for a year. Get yourself into a back to tank. Do something. Get us back. <laughs> <laughs> Just get us back. Uh, what what else you got on this gem? Um, I'm still thrown by the whole Helena Bottom Carter thing and that whole storyline. 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thrown by having her in the movie to narrate four lines and then hey 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 four lines. She's not she's not only in this movie. This movie is with her. <laughs> Wait no, was it was it with her or was it and her? Uh, it was with her and Henry Cavill. It's with Henry Cavill. Cavill? Cavill? You just said Cavill, and that actually threw me off. Isn't it Henry Cavill? <laughs> I thought it was Cavill, but maybe it's Cavill. We've right. it it's with Henry Cavill and Helena Bottom Carter. Okay, so it's not with her. It's and her. It's and her. That's right. Sorry. This movie is <laughs> and her. I couldn't remember which one was which. I, uh, I went through that whole thing of forgetting what that's all about and looked it up again. And it's like, oh, like, just differentiate me from these others, please. I'm not the protagonist, but I am in this movie. And it is important that I that you know this. <laughs> so Claflin's going to be like, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that's like uh, when we, uh, we were watching the last season of the previous season of uh, Dexter. And every episode ended with Peter Weller. I was like, all right, we get like Robo, like just, you should actually say with Robocop because that's how we know you. <laughs> how wonderfully terrible was Peter Weller in that show? He was pretty, yeah, he was pretty greatly terrible. We got a, we got a Lumen Pierce. Stupid fucking name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yes, with Henry Cavill and Helen um, Bottom Carter. Yeah, no, I just, I get why they chose, like, they always punch above their weight on that sort of movie. That's how you get an and. Mm-hmm. Like, but give me a little bit more and of her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm still just frustrated about that storyline. Like, what are we doing there exactly? Yeah. Hard to uh, say. Right? Yeah. Um, I, I loved the old lady. I don't recall her name in the movie other than that she was the Dowager. I don't recall what her name is as an actress. She seemed mm-hmm. familiar, but I'm too lazy to look it up. She was great, though, playing the, like, very matriarchal old lady who seems like she's, like, like stern and regal, but possibly slightly, like, loving. And then it's, oh, no, she's going to shoot the shit out of her grandson. Francis De La Tour. Yeah, I don't know who that is, though. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She, she, she blasted him. She, she got him good with that shotgun. <laughs> she blasted him. <laughs> also, challenge. How did he get that suit of armor under his suit? Yeah. Um... In the middle of the fight? Under his suit. Yeah, but thank God we addressed that. You know, honestly, it would have been on par if he just got up with no explanation. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what they were gonna do, and then it's like, nope. Somehow managed to stuff this thing under his shirt. That's right. In the middle of a shootout, and then having been choked, and we never hear clang as he falls on his stomach. That, yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, I would assume my assumption is that it was in there obviously prior to this whole situation. No, he took no? it off. When Burn Gorman is shooting up the statues and the suits of armor, because he throws it back into the pile of the suit of the armor that had been shot down. While he was shooting, uh, she jumps and attacks him. He shoved it up his shirt. Then it. she gets cracked upside the head. Burn Gorman starts choking the shit out of him. And then he gets shot. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know what else? Uh, he certainly does not have any bruises on his chest. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? No. Fair enough. Because it was a shotgun shell. It could have been birdshot. That would not have penetrated the. Tongue. I think it was based on the number of dots in the yes. in the armor. <laughs> so but. it wouldn't have dented it that deeply. He wouldn't have necessarily had a bruise there. I'm willing mm. to give him that one. But his but back would have probably been totally unblemished. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Garbage, absolutely garbage. Um, you know what? Actually, this was a good movie for cranky old ladies because the headmistress, tremendous. Yeah, 
Yeah. That whole storyline was entertaining, despite how horrible it was. Mm-hmm. I wanted to smack the shit out of Mycroft every time he opened his stupid mustachioed mouth. Yeah. Yeah. What was going on with that mustache? I don't know. The, the uh, Honestly, the best thing about that was the caricature that, of him that we got throughout the movie. Oh, tremendous. Two of them, both right? Yeah, 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 that's true. Uh, him and Aunt Petunia. It was, it was she great. She was reminiscent of Aunt Petunia. <laughs> Wasn't it her? Oh, was it? I don't know. I thought it was. It's funny because she was throwing off McGonagall vibes, even though I know it wasn't. Her. It is. It is Aunt Petunia. Is it really? Yeah. Jeez. Fiona Shaw, Miss Harrison. I, I didn't realize that was her. Yeah. Uh, that's funny, but she. That that whole. It's funny because she is Aunt Petunia, but I was getting McGonagall the whole time. Like I knew it wasn't Maggie Smith, but still. Sure. Sure. I uh, vamp for a moment because I have to check to see whether or not she was in something else real quick. Yeah, no, I just found that whole storyline, like, just, actually, like, the interplay between her and and uh, Enola was pretty great at times, both when there was, like, entertaining stuff and when it was dark. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really creeped out and confused by the whole thing with her and Mycroft. I'm not sure what was going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did find what I was looking for. Okay. To be clear, she was also in the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> She was the one with the crazy hair. She stuck the the weird. No, I, don't, I don't remember that. Yeah. Uh, well, that's because we still, we still have to bring that movie back. Yes, I thought we were doing that for our first bad movie night with Flix. That's right. Sponsoring. That's right. That's right. Which we'll get to uh, in years. Man, that movie did get a full theatrical release. <laughs> <laughs> it sure did. Oh, that's great. But uh, yes, she was in that. Um, yeah, that that whole thing was weird. And uh, when she opened the chest, I was like, and the way that she was excited, I was like, what do you what do you want to be in here? That's what I'm saying. I'm so yeah. confused by that relationship because it was weird. Like, was it like he also like was taught by her and like not? No, just, she teaches women. I know, but like in like a one on one situation, and then maybe she like taught him to be a man. <laughs> Like, that was, like, the creepy vibe they were giving. Robinson situation? (laughs) What'd you say? So this is, like, a Mrs. Robinson situation? (laughs) Cuckoo, (laughs) cuckoo. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, no, I just... Yeah, it was weird. There was was clear tension there. Clear Mm -hmm. sexual tension. Oh, 100%. There was a few times where she makes these faces Mm -hmm. when either talking to him or talking of him, and I didn't like it at all. No. The mustache on Mycroft creeped me out the whole time because I'm just assuming it was there to hide the fact that Sam Claflin is younger than sure. Henry Cavill and Cavill. Henry Cavill, Cavill, Cavill. Um, he was such a douchebag. Oh yeah. Douchebag. Oh yeah. The tremendous douche. <laughs> like 100 percent of the time. <laughs> he sucked. Right? She is my ward. I was like, punch this man in the face. <laughs> well, I also didn't understand the insistence either. Like, he clearly doesn't want to be her ward. So, right. oh, Sherlock, you're volunteering? Please. Yeah. Also, that whole thing of, like, finding mother's your job. And it's like, okay, first off, bite me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Second off, obviously, I'm going to find mother. I'm the detective. <laughs> no, but, like, since when is he employed by him? Right. <laughs> Like this isn't like brotherly argument. This is this is master and apprentice like relationship here. And yeah. like they're they're at most a couple of years apart in age and in real life in the negative direction to how they are. That's right. He's still thrown by this every time. Blown away. He is blown away. <laughs> I am. I just I don't understand what's going on there. 
Oh, man. You know what's another thing that was a little bit odd about this is the forced inclusion of Lestrade. Is he an established character of the Holmes universe? Yes, he is. Okay. He's usually the he's the 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 cop that is usually the head of the police or like close to or like almost like a, like a captain style that um was, was, that was Sherlock he, is doing his dealings with basically. Was he Eddie Marsan and uh, the Downey Jr. ones? Uh, the name's not familiar, so give me a second and I will look it up for you. You know Eddie Marsan. He's the guy who gets his hands cut off in Hitchcock. He's in uh, the World's End. Yes, yes. Um, let's see. Uh, no, Rupert Graves. Oh, sorry, that's the wrong one. That's the <laughs> one from the BBC one. Uh, he, I, who I remember. Um, yes, Eddie. Yes, that is him, Inspector. Yep. Oh, so he's like he's that character. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. I guess. Yeah, as like I understand, like the 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 only the only pointed scene to bring him in was for, like, the, uh, the just, like, yeah, like, this the Sherlock Holmes universe, so we have to have every character, but you, you don't. You don't have to have every character. He didn't really add much to it. Um, well, no, he was the methodology, methodology by which they ultimately capture her. Sure. It's like, they don't go into his full backstory or anything. Like, he could be any Scotland Yard guy that both of them are acquainted with. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so why not just use the name of the character who you already know? It was just, I feel like it was the way that they did it where, where it was like, let, now let's have this quiz situation so that you know, yes, this is 100% the other guy that you know from the Sherlock universe. <laughs> well, the funny thing is for like me, not knowing that that character was like actually an important Holmes first character was, it was an entry to me to question whether or not he was who he said he was, mm. um, which was a little bit intriguing. And if you knew it, then it's like, okay, well, this is why he would know all these things. Gotcha. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I guess that's fair. I did think that that whole quiz thing was pretty entertaining, especially when he throws out, why are all your questions <laughs> why food related? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, was, that was silly. Um, yeah. Any, any other notes on this bad boy? This bad rider? Uh, not anything else too important, I don't think. All right, well. It was, it, it, it was, I had more fun talking about it with you than I did watching it. I just thought it was a f- overall like a fun movie, like not something that you're going to write home about, not something you're going to be like rushing to the TV to watch. But mm-hmm. I thought it was fun. It was entertaining. It was like I said, it was light. It was it was easy. It was there. Yeah, that's how I <laughs> it was just yeah, there. I mean, that's fine. Uh, well, that's all for this week's episode of Flicks in the Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to Flicks in a Six at thespintune.com or tweet us at thespintune. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. I'm Al Bielsi. Thanks for coming out. <laughs>